Welcome to the Movie Planet. This week we're talking about 2015 Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. And this is the one we did a while back, but unfortunately the sound quality is awful on it. So uh, bear with the sound. It's still a good show. Have a good time. We love you. Keep listening. Here we go. With Joe. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. And JC. The rebellion general? No, the smuggler. Wasn't he a war hero? And Joel. You're afraid. That you will never be as strong as Darth Vader. I'm your host, Joe, and with me is the Ray to my Kylo Ren. I gave you a good moniker this time. You did. JC, how are you? If I looked as good as she looked, a whole lot more people would talk to me. I'm just saying. I'd call you more often. Exactly. Seriously. <laughs> uh, how you doing, Joel? Our uh, Finn. Does that mean that I'm just going to be overconfident in the beginning, just talking when I'm not supposed to talk, but we'll, they can find my role towards the end of the show? We'll call you Big Deal. I was I was just going to call you <laughs> FN2187. <laughs> I will respond to either. <laughs> Do you guys have a good week? I did. It's a good week. I did have yeah. a good week. We got an email this week from our uh, buddy Patrick, uh, JC's Xbox pal. Uh, and uh, he has plenty of comments to add to our Force Awakens podcast. He was very excited for this one. Yes. So uh, <laughs> we'll make sure that we give him his due. Uh, we are going to go on to our discussion on Episode 7, The Force Awakens. So let's take us to a galaxy far, far away. Map's not complete. It's just a piece. Ever since Luke disappeared, people have been looking for him. Why did he leave? He was training a new generation of Jedi. One boy, an apprentice, turned against him and destroyed it all. Luke felt responsible. He just walked away from everything. Do you know what happened to him? A lot of rumors, stories. People that knew him best think he went looking for the first Jedi temple. The Jedi were real. I used to wonder about that myself. Thought it was a bunch of mumbo jumbo. A magical power holding together good and evil, the dark side and the light. Crazy thing is, discussing 2015's Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, directed by J.J. Abrams, written by Lawrence Kasdan, J.J. Abrams, and Michael Arndt, and based on characters created by George Lucas. Starring, in billable order, Harrison Ford, 
Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lapita Nyong'o, Andy Serkis, Donald Gleason, Anthony Daniels, Max von Sydow, or is it Sido? Sure. Okay. Peter Mayhew and Junis Suotamo <coughs> as Chewbacca because Mayhew's knees are killing him. Yeah. And Gwendolyn Christie as the evil Captain Phasma. Or as I like to call it, the new Boba Fett. The silver bullet? Yes. Uh, this movie had a production budget <coughs> of $306 million. Plus an additional $175 million for marketing, printing, and advertising costs. Half a billion just to make it. It killed at the box office as it crossed, grossed over $2 billion worldwide. So it made well, four least, times the amount. Yeah, at least it made four <laughs> times what it made. Now, a little, what it I don't have a lot of trivia. I just got a little backstory about what happened beforehand because this is the first time we don't have Lucas involved in it whatsoever. Yep. The backstory is what we know from the headlines that most people know is that George Lucas sold Lucasfilm to Disney for $4 billion. And then people freaked out because they were afraid that they were going to Disneyfy the movies. Yeah. Would you say that was the basic? I was, I was also, if I'm being completely honest, when this first came out, I was also one of those people until yeah. I met a man named Joe. Oh. Uh, Here's the actual story the price was exactly $4.05 billion at the time. The terms of the deal were $2 billion in the bank for Lucas, and $2 billion in stocks, and $40 million Disney share certificates worth approximately $2.05 billion at the time. Now, you may ask yourself, why sell a company that's earned about $30 billion in revenue over the past 40 years? Well, after selling Disney, he owned 2% of Disney. And his stock grew that year. And by the end of that year, it was worth $840 million more than when he first received it. Yep. So never deny that Lucas may not be a great writer or director, but the man has great business sense. Yep. And that money, I mean, he sold that. He's going to make that $30 billion back in the next 20 years. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is one of the most sought-after properties for rumors and spoilers of any movie of the internet era, I believe it. Here were 11 of the craziest rumors about the movie and the sources that posted them. <laughs> Number one, Obi-Wan Kenobi is set to return in Star Wars Episode Seven. Latino review. Nope, didn't happen. Star Number well, two. his voice was there. They've always been so credible. Star Wars Episode Seven will feature Force Ghost Yoda by Cosmic Book News. No. Max von Sydow is Boba Fett, the nerdist. Oh, wow, the nerdist. Ian McDermott is set to return to the galaxy far, far away for a part in Episode 7, Jedi News. I don't know who that is. The Emperor. I meant Jedi News. Oh. I don't know who they are. I knew the nerdist. <laughs> Robert Bolter is playing young Luke Skywalker in the movie, making Star Wars. Oh, and they usually get right. Donald Gleason will be Major Tarkin, according to Star Wars Newsnet. Oh, they got that wrong. They also got this one. In the last week, I've heard Donald Gleason is Luke Skywalker's son four times. Four times. Four different sources. Three really trusted and one new, but apparently on the money for most things. Star Wars Newsnet. Ouch. Billy Lord to play young Princess Leia in Star Wars Episode Seven, The Daily Mail. Who's Billy Lord? Uh, Princess Leia's daughter. Carrie Fisher's actual daughter. Oh. Yeah, she's in the movie. She's not playing her daughter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi will turn out to be Luke Skywalker's real father, the Daily Beast. <laughs> I didn't hear that one, but that would have been funny. <laughs> Daisy Ridley is a Tatooine local, according to Screen Rant. And my favorite, 
Luke brought a cataclysm to Tatooine soon after Return of the Jedi after he visited Anakin's birthplace, and for whatever reason, it's changed him. Luke goes mad because he discovers he can't control himself. He destroys everything around and kills people with his powers unconsciously. Star Wars Newsnet. I also heard that story. I remember reading that story. Because yeah. you, you and I debated it. That's also the same storyline of how they say Wolverine kills all the X-Men mm-hmm. and then disappears. Interestingly enough, everybody bought into many of these. Yeah. And there's another 50 or so that you could find on the internet. Uh, this was an example of everybody trying to get ahead of a story and trying to make educated guesses rather than reporting the actual <coughs> news. We try our best to stay away from rumors. Right? Wouldn't you say that we try to steer away from those unless it's like... We're try hard. We try hard. You know, <laughs> We don't want to report anything that's like going to blow up in our faces later on. Don't, don't <laughs> do it. I see your ideas percolating over there with jizz and all that stuff. And I get yelled at to not do it. We're going to have to put a rating on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's E for explicit. <laughs> not family friendly today at all. Uh, gentlemen, was this a movie you were looking forward to watching again? Of course. I love watching this. I've seen it like 30 times. I've seen it three times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, Twice this week. Yeah, twice this week. <laughs> <laughs> this was one that I saw the... The Wednesday night, like Wednesday or Thursday night when it came out in theaters. And I wasn't as excited to watch this one as I was the others because I'd seen it more recently, but I was excited to watch it. Um, but, yeah, I hadn't seen it since opening night, so yeah. it was it was good getting to see it again and see all the things that I missed before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie's been on Stars consistently for about a month, and, and every time I turn on TV and it's on, I'm usually sitting down watching it. I was going to say, yeah, I, I watch it all the time. That being said, I'm, I'm going to say something right now, which is going to sound weird, and that is if I see Star Wars, Empire, Return of the Jedi, or any of the prequels on, on, on the TV, I usually don't sit down. I'm like, I got this. I can watch it later. For some reason, The Force Awakens, I want to watch it. I yeah. think, is it because you said before, if you watch one of the others, you have to watch all three? And if you watch one of the others, you don't. You understand that you don't have but time to sit down. But this one's the last it. one, so you have to. I think it's because I've spent 30 years watching those movies. There's not much more I'm going to get out of them. True. This That's one, true. it's only been out for less than a year. True. And so it's still, it's still that new, new toy. It's still the new yeah. thing to play with. Yeah. So it's not that the other movies are bad. It's just that this is <clears> new, and I need to catch up on this one to get to the other ones. <laughs> yeah. Plus, silly new rumors are coming out every day, so then you can hear those silly rumors, go back to the movie, and be like, does this make sense? Yeah. Um, okay, you guys ready for a synopsis? Yes, sir. Sure. Luke Skywalker has vanished. Ooh. Best opening line ever. Is it better than War? Yeah. Yes. Okay. What, <laughs> yes. What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely <Rush>. nothing. <laughs> hey, so wait, quick question before I should have said no whenever you were like, are we ready to go in? How are we doing Patrick's comments? If you want to insert them, yeah. Well, you you said you already had responses for all of them. so I, didn't I know. do. So do you have them? <clears throat> I have them up. Okay. Are you now taking this? Like, am I oh, going yeah. to read them? Yeah, by all means. So when do I do that? Uh, I'll read the entire thing, and then where it fits, you... You shove it in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Rated MA for mature audiences. Then Patrick wants to uh, to include before we get started. Uh, I would like to say this is Patrick. I would like to say I went to see this IMAX this in IMAX at thir- Thursday night premiere showing, and then again the following Sunday of opening weekend on a standard screen. I enjoyed the movie more than the more the second time, and I believe that is because I had such high expectations going into the first showing, and watching it on IMAX was a terrible experience for me the second showing i enjoyed it more but was still left with a feeling of disappointment so 
and I think a lot of people suffered with that because if you remember the week beforehand, I went on like internet lockdown. Yeah, you did. I'm like, I'm not jumping on. I'm not doing anything. I'm not, I don't want to be inundated with anything because my expectations were already dangerously high. And so I think by quelling myself a little bit, it was kind of like, I felt the anticipation again and it felt good. It wasn't, I was being inundated with images and stuff. So I understand the high expectation thing. I totally do. Because when you, we all know if you go into a movie with high expectations, 99% of the time, it will fail you. Yep, that's true. Go into anything with expectations. Yeah. So um, just don't expect anything. <laughs> just, just lie down. He also had a comment. He said, a balance of the force. Uh, Joe commented that he thought it meant an equal number of force users on both sides. But what if we eliminated all force users in the galaxy? Would that also be a balance in the force? I say yes and no. And the reason why is for balance to occur, you need something to weigh. If there's nothing to weigh, there's no need for balance. Balance doesn't exist unless you have something to balance. I feel very existential. If it's not there, it doesn't exist. And if it doesn't exist, you can't balance it. Luke Skywalker has vanished. In his absence, the sinister First Order has risen from the ashes of the Empire and will not rest until Skywalker, the last Jedi, has been destroyed. With the support of the Republic, General Leia Organa leads a brave resistance. She is desperate to find her brother, Luke, and gain his help in restoring peace and justice to the galaxy. Leia has sent her most daring pilot on a secret mission to Jakku, where an old ally has discovered a clue to Luke's whereabouts. Uh, First Order? Yep. Lands, led by the evil Kylo Ren. Yep. He's landed stormtroopers to attack a small village as Poe Dameron meets with Lor Santeca in a hut. Uh, He's given a small bag, a little tiny bag, containing the map to Luke Skywalker. Yep. It's a tiny little bag for a map. It is. What could what what are words on? U, USB drive? Flash drive. Probably. Flash, oh, flash drive. drive. Flash drive. Oh, flash drive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe it's a CD. Uh, CD ROM. That's old school. Floppy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a five and a half. It's a floppy, floppy disk. <laughs> Kylo Ren orders the stormtroopers to destroy Lord Santeca's entire village and takes Poe captive. Captain Phasma, a stormtrooper wearing chrome-plated armor, leads the attack. Kylo, we- Kylo Ren wears a black mask and uses a red fiery lightsaber. Poe's X-Wing is damaged so that he cannot escape, so the pilot puts the map on a rolling droid unit called BB-8. He fires at Kylo Ren, who uses the force to block a blaster bolt like a badass. And as Dameron is captured, the troopers massacre the prisoners, but one stormtrooper, FN-2187, refuses to fire. Meanwhile, BB-8 rolls away across the sands, narrowly escaping capture. Any thoughts? So Patrick, you talk about? Patrick had a couple. The show opens with metal people and a droid on a desert planet where an old dude in a robe holds the key to moving the plot along. Along. Hmm, familiar. Uh, he says stormtroopers storming and slaying the village was new enough that I was truly ready to, for this movie to take off and be awesome. Uh, Imperials never think <laughs> never think to quarantine droids from escaping. In terms of that one, I don't think they saw the droid, so they couldn't have known to like keep it from running away. And also, it. it seems to me like they were after the BB-8 unit. Once they got the information from Poe, once they knew it was there, that's all they were going after. Yeah. Um, is and he said made the comment: Is there a Sith dress code like the old model Ford or Ford Model T slogan? You can wear whatever you want as long as it's black. Look, wore black and Return <coughs> of the Jedi. That's true. Not a Sith. Uh, well, we don't know that yet. Maybe in episode eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the ability, to, and I'm sorry, I think this is one of the coolest scenes ever. Mm-hmm. The ability to freeze a blaster bolt in mid mid air, awesome. Luke never showed to have abilities even close to that. Luke was never that well trained. According to the movies, he wasn't. 
No, that's true. The only place Luke is the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy is in the non-canon literature between Return of the Jedi and the prequels. But and to counter the next argument about him being powerful according to the Emperor, having power doesn't mean you've reached the potential of that power. Well, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say, you're saying Kylo Ren is powerful because of his training. He was trained by Luke. He was so trained Luke? by Snoke also. Because well... Snoke says bring him back to complete his training. So you're saying Snoke is more powerful than Luke? I don't know. We don't know yet. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Very anti-Luke suddenly. I'm not anti-Luke. I just don't feel like... First, I know a lot of people out there want to say, well, he's, he's the most powerful Jedi of them all, and we don't know that. Well, we don't. And hold on. You're getting up people out there saying it. They're saying it because that's what Lucas said. So Lucas ever said he's the most powerful yes, Jedi? Yes, he did. There, when did it, he say it? On the 1995 edition, he makes a comment in one of the interviews. He says it again in another interview on the making of bonus features of the 2004 Is it in DVD. the movie? It doesn't matter. It does it, matter. If it's yes. not on the screen, it doesn't count. Bullshit. Because it's not. It, it comes from Lucas. You can, it came you from can, Hamill. You can argue canon all you want. I'm going to because that's what counts. But your point is being... Drowned out because people are upset because Lucas said it, and this was still Lucas's creation. Now, you can throw out the whole thing that there's Disney, and they can do what they want and all this stuff, but people grew up, me included, mm -hmm. sort of latching on to this idea that Luke is the most powerful. So we're kind of splitting hairs here with this argument. But my point is, is you can't just simply dismiss it because— But you said you grew up with it, but you didn't say it until 1995, so which is it? What? I'm not allowed to grow up from 1995 to now? No, but did you believe that before <laughs> 1995? I didn't. I didn't know any of this stuff was a big deal until pro probably 2008 or 2007. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that if it's not in the movies, you can't expect everybody to think that. You can't. You're right. I can't expect everybody to think any everything. But I'm saying just don't be so dismissive about I'm it. I'm dismissive of it because it is not canon any longer. Just because he gave an interview in 1995 doesn't mean Disney bought that interview. No, they it bought the movies, and what they bought was You're the stories in the movies. You're twisting my words. I'm just, I'm, I'm, doing, saying, I'm simplifying the words for you, and that is that the point it's the is, movies. It's not all the appendices beyond that. But like you're Lord saying of the Rings. you're saying people shouldn't get upset about it. All I'm saying is people are upset because they heard it from Lucas. When they heard Lucas say that he was one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful, force user ever. <clears throat> Did Lucas say it or Hamill? Because you said Hamill first. Now you're saying Lucas. No, I said Lucas the whole time. Nope. Did I say? You said it? you, you said, said Hamill, Hamill said it in an interview. But you no, said no, no, no. Sorry, that's me. That's my mistake. Lucas. Okay. Lucas said it in an interview, not Hamill. That's my mistake. If I said Hamill, that was incorrect. It was. That's Lucas. what I was, and that's the thing. I was going by hearsay on that. When if Lucas no. says it, okay. No, but it's it did, Lucas. Did yeah. Lucas ever portray it in the films? I'll play middle ground. <laughs> <laughs> JC, you're right from the fan standpoint. <laughs> Fans should be upset because they heard it in an interview by the guy that created it. Yes. It's like Burger King saying they're going to bring back the spicy tender crisp, and they don't bring back the spicy tender crisp. Mm -hmm. Now, which they should. Burger King's <laughs> <listening>. <laughs> <laughs> like McRib, maybe. You bring back McRib. In the grand scheme. <laughs> they do, like once a year. In the grand scheme. It's actually out right now. I've got a friend, Josh. Josh, quit going to McDonald's. <laughs> um, <laughs> a public service announcement. Joel. Just stop. There, there's my face palm. Just stop, dude. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> Joe, you're right from the aspect of if it's not in the movies, you just have to pretend like it didn't happen. But Or the new canon literature. Right. I mean, just 
as far as being able to use it in the court of law. If it doesn't happen in the movies, you can't just say it. But you're right. Fans that listen to the creator, they're going to be upset, and they should be upset. Mm Mm-hmm. There's also, there's throw-off phrases in every, even the new books, because as you, you make a point later, there's now so many uh, canon books out. Oh, yeah. How do you, because I, I can't think off the top of my head, how do I know there wasn't a throw-off phrase where they talk about the power of Luke in, like, Heir to the Jedi or... Heir to uh, the Jedi isn't canon. No, not Heir to the Jedi then. Heir to... Oh, I'm thinking of the Heir to the Empire. I'm sorry. Yeah. Heir to the Jedi. Heir to the, the yeah. Jedi is. Yeah. Or the, the small prequel... Prequel to Force Awakens book before the Awakening. Uh, no, not before. It's the Luke story. What was the Luke? That was Air to the, that, Oh, the Weapon the of the we- Jedi. Weapon of the Jedi. Yeah. I I feel like what if in there there was some throw off about his power? Well, then it is canon. It isn't. Uh, yeah, but I read them. Did you? Yes, I read them both too. I'm just saying I can't remember right now. But maybe there was some throw off phrase there. Yeah, I can tell you right now. I scoured the stuff as I was looking at some of these questions, and all I was right. like, I, I'm I'm, right. I'm in my library sitting there just working all day yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation could be an entire show. It really could. As yeah. far as the question that was originally asked. Um, <laughs> so what you're saying is we've, got off, we've gone, off, gone off on a tangent? It was a good tangent, though, wasn't it? It was It was a good one. It was Regardless, but <laughs> freezing a fucking blaster in the air so is awesome. awesome. What, what, I like of, <laughs> what I like about this first scene is, remember when we talked about A New Hope and all those, where we still don't really get a good grasp of who's in charge of the Who? Empire? Yeah. And what their power really is it shows right here that it is ruthless that they will line up an entire village and gun them destroy down them. yep accurately they, yes stormtroopers can shoot this time yeah well, stormtroopers are very accurate in this well when film. the other person's not moving <laughs> that, that does help um yeah not only that but gosh finn is feeble in the early movie, which it's is a funny, sitting duck, which is funny a because road apple Newman. <laughs> and before the awakening, they do a little series of Poe, Ray, and Finn beforehand, and what they were like. Yeah, he was apparently a boss. Finn was the pride of, of his stormtrooper group. In fact, Phasma used to cover for him when he would do weird things on when they were training, and that's why it's kind of funny when she says he's never had a problem before. When he has, he has. She's yes. covering for him because that's her ass on the line too. He's just. He seems so weak. He does. But so he's in, the, in the movie, like he does, but the, but the book makes him seem like a badass. Yeah. Huh. But he's also the kind of guy that when you've got four troopers and they're all on the training exercise and one of them falls behind, he stays behind to help that one, whereas they're saying, no, you all push forward. He's dead. You keep going. And he's the one trying to help everybody else out. So he's seen as weak in that way, but at the same time, the pride of his entire group because he's something different. But he's but he's Traitor! 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 <laughs> uh, the droid BB-8 runs into Ray, a young scavenger who is barely surviving on Jakku. Ray scavenges parts from old wrecks of Star Destroyers on the sands of Jakku and exchanges them for food at Unker Plutz, I love that name, Scrapyard. The marks on the walls of her hut indicate she's been on Jakku for a very long time. A long time. Can I just say sand sledding is awesome? It looks awesome. I want to sand sled. And that hill looks so steep. She rescues BB-8 from a Tito scavenger. She can understand his beeps and whistles and offers him shelter for the night. Okay, let's talk about Ray. The first time we get a new character here. Yeah. And it's a girl. We don't notice it's a girl at the beginning. No, you don't because she's covered in the mask. You don't realize it until she goes to get a drink of water. Yeah. Uh, Which, I'm not going to lie, most awkward can-drinking device ever. You have to, like, pop a top off. The water comes around the top, and, like, there's no, like, (laughs) most awkward canteen ever. 
Maybe it was something. <laughs> maybe it was a tool that she ripped out of the Star Destroyer one point. No, I mean it's here. very realistic that it looks like a handmade thing, like something she just created. Yeah. But still, like, cut that suction thing off and just have a hole and then put a topper in it. Yeah. And then you just pop the topper off and you can drink. <laughs> I would like this <laughs> giant little stick thing coming out that you have to swallow. And I'm trying not to make it an inappropriate survival. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> survival with JC. <laughs> No, it's it, it's a cool scene. You see a Star Destroyer, you know, dr- jammed in the shanty, and everybody wonders how the fuck did that happen on Tatooine? Because no one's heard the name Jakku yet, I believe, right? Mm-mm. Yeah, uh, and it looks. I mean, it's it's a desert planet. It looks like Tatooine. It can't be the only desert planet in the entire universe, obviously. That being said, you get a good introduction to her. You realize she's alone. She has no family around. There's a scene where she's scrubbing this one tool and everything. She looks over, she's this really old lady. And it's like she's looking into her future in that same spot. And it, I don't know, it, it, it really makes you feel for the young lady mm-hmm. all alone there. And you're wondering, what the hell? Why the hell is she here? That was there. awesome. Yeah. And, that was one of the coolest things. You know, she's got her own little red helmet. And also, if you notice, watch real quickly, when she gets the package from Unker Plot, it has, like, the three little green squares. Mm-hmm. She's frying those up. There's something separate. Where does the bread come from? I don't she, know. Because she dumps this powder in the packet, but it's not the same packet. If you look closely, it's not the same one yeah. as the three uh, little, like, chewy green things came out of. And um, so she's eating that, and so she has this powder that magically becomes bread. I'm like... <gasps> That was cool, but where'd it come from? Because she's eating the one thing, and then the bread is something completely different. And I'm thinking that in the packet, because you do see those three green yeah. things, there may have been a separate pouch right there that had just like a little bit of just powder. Just powder, and that's what it turned into? Maybe. I don't know. That I don't would, make excuses for it. It is weird, but that, that was, it is cool It was to see. awesome to watch it, Like, and that was all one shot. You yeah. just see it appear. Let's see. Anything from Patrick on this? Uh, do, 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 do. Talking about Ray. Well, we we skipped over it. Uh, he was impressed with uh, Finn. Like we see a trooper take his helmet off. Like that's a first. We've never seen a trooper take their helmet off. Yeah. And it, you get to see uh, they're not just cannon fodder. Uh, he says that was pretty awesome. It's starting off familiar, but starting to feel something new. So mm-hmm. he was sort of saying that. Yeah. Then he says, they bring us back to a reminiscent scenario, a teenager living on a desert planet completely unaware, excuse me, that they can use the force. Where have I seen this before? It's only missing a second son for for the scenery. I think that's, I mean, I get what you're saying, Patrick. I think that's a little bit of too much of an oversimplification because Luke had family. Yeah. Oh, crap. I just realized I'm actually taking a point you were discussing with me yesterday. Luke, Luke was left... With a family to teach him, and his uncle made the conscious choice to not allow him. She is literally left from the 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 flashback. Maybe seven, eight. She's eight years old when she is left on her own. Yeah, and she's now nineteen, twenty. That's that is a long time to be under Uncar Plot's watch. Yeah, and you know he was not nice to her. No, and <laughs> it's just. So, yes, there are similarities, but I almost feel like that's too generalized a a comparison because that's like saying, wow, Joe's got a sweatshirt and Joel's got a sweatshirt, so they're the same. Like, just because it's a desert planet and it's a teenager and they have an origin story, I mean, that's origin stories in general, but her, her beginning point and Luke's beginning point are not anywhere close to the same, and I think that that has to be compared. But if you break it down to its bare brass tacks, 
yes, what you said in, in the scene is similar, but you you got to give more information to make it realize that it's not. And it's also important to remember that you know Lucas did a great <clears throat> job of of taking real environments on the planet on our planet and turning them into alien world environments. Yeah. He pretty much did it everywhere on this planet. I mean, you can't if if you the big argument that a lot of people have is with the prequels is the green screen stuff. You know, it's too much green screen. Well, if you've used all the environments, then they're going to start looking like all the other plants that you've seen already. So you're going to be on a green screen stage then. So you're not going to get what you want. So I think I think we got to be a little bit easy on the fact that they used another sand planet because it can't be the only one in the universe. Yeah. Um, and that being said, it does set up a very metaphorical scene of a woman not having anything. Yeah. Luke, who doesn't have much other than his uncle and aunt. You know, there's nothing else around. But he's also, but Luke's also got Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is watching over Luke the whole time. But we, there, again, we watch that movie, when, which just episode four. We don't watch the first three ahead of time. Oh, so you're we saying we, we could. I see where you're going. You're saying we could eventually find out there what, like, it was more so. All right, so then Patrick may have a point. He might, yeah. He may, but we don't know episodes eight and nine yet. Okay. That, All right. That being said. All right, I get that. That being said, the old man is reminiscent. Droids are reminiscent. The teenager is reminiscent. You know, yeah. this is Star Wars, okay? Yeah. You're going to have all these things. You can't eliminate everything and go, I want it's a thirty-year, thirty-five-year-old middle-aged guy. Because then it wouldn't be Star Wars. No if, one would if, give a if, fuck if you change too much. You're right. Yeah. Um. On the okay, so on the first order destroyer, Poe is unsuccessfully interrogated by the first order, and then Kylo Ren's called in uh, to use his force powers to extract information from Poe about the whereabouts of the map. Poe resists, but ultimately divulges that the map is still on Jakku in his BB-8 unit. And I didn't. Th- I'll be honest with you. I was surprised he broke in this movie. Yeah, I. But he's not a force user, and that's what I. I when he comes out right away, and he goes, "It's the the droid is on Jakku." I'm like, "Wow, they just made a weak character mentally compared yeah. to this guy." They're showing power not by showing what he can do, but what what the other people can't. And you know, Poe is not weak minded. He no. is clearly very talented, as you'll see later when he takes out eleven people in the span of five seconds, which is an awesome shot. Yes, maybe it just says more about Kylo Ren. Than yeah. Says it does. Less, saying less about Poe. I agree. Yeah. I think it says how, how powerful Ren is. We've also never seen that force power before from a Sith where they can in, invade your mind. Yeah. This is all new and yeah. very, very messed up. Very messed up. You're pa- right. <laughs> Patrick. No, just the whole like mind thing. No, it it's is. Just it's totally like, messed up. Yeah, wow. Patrick makes a good point when we come into BB-8. Something he said to the, this is Patrick speaking, something occurs to me watching this. The reason droids are so important is that the force moves through living things. I love R2 and I love BB-8. I agree. I think they're my favorite two characters from the originals and from now. Like, I love BB-8. I consider them to be living things, but the fact that they are unaffected by the force means they aren't living things. And that is why people hide stuff in droids. They can't be sensed by Sith or Jedi. I like that. That's a very good point. I I agree with that point as well. It also makes it even more of my theory that R2 is in charge of everything. (laughs) (laughs) Because this conspiracy theory continues. Nobody else realizes it, but R2 knew exactly when to turn on at the end, so he's in charge. Yeah, we'll get into that at the end. I got a problem there, but... (laughs) (laughs) All right, so so Poe has given up uh, the goods, and then we have a great scene. This is actually... Yeah, keep going with the with the synopsis because one of my favorite scenes is coming up. Okay, 
Meanwhile, Captain Phasma confronts FN2187 about his behavior on Jakku. She orders him to take his unused blaster in for inspection and report to her division and ultimately reconditioning, which, by the way, it's amazing how quickly she gets on that ship when he's walking and he takes his helmet off. Yeah. It's she's like she's like, not there, and all of a sudden, poof, there, and you're like, that was a hell of a special effect that they just did. Because you, you see the entire ramp. She never climbs up it. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. So it was just bad editing. Kind of, yeah. Jedi speed. Jedi Yeah. Ooh. She's no Jedi. We don't know that. We have two more it. movies, Joe. Oh, you're <laughs> right. You're right. I'm sorry. I got to follow my own rules here. It is one out of three. We don't know everything yet. <laughs> you're right. I, thank you for keeping me in check, Joel. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm going to need that a couple times here. Uh, instead, FN2187 decides to run away. He needs a pilot to escape the Star Destroyer, so he rescues Poe. And the two board a black First Order TIE fighter and escape. Go. Are, are, you, are you with the Resistance? No, I'm just helping you escape. You need a pilot. I need, I need, I need, pilot. A, I need a pilot. <laughs> well, what, what's your name? What's your name? Uh, FN2187. No, your name. FN2187. Well, I ain't using it. Finn, you can call me Finn. Nice to meet you, Finn. Nice to meet you, too, Poe. That makes me chuckle every time. That whole scene where they're just interacting and it's loud. It's like those two guy friends in kind of a quiet bar, but they're just being loud because they're so happy to see each other. That's how that felt because it's so quiet during that scene and those two are just being so loud. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, Because FN2187 has probably not had the chance to be loud and boisterous with friends or show no. camaraderie with friends. And he's just... Oh my God! That was that's such a good scene, and and Patrick agreed. He also said, "Great screen." Uh, Poe renames FN two one eight seven as Finn and expertly pilots to an escape. While fi Finn fires the ship's blasters, we see that Finn is starting to get a little practice with the blasters in space. This is also the only space battle in the movie. Oh yeah, as we as me and Joel both looked up to the <laughs> sky, like really, it is, it is. Yeah. Uh, the fighter is hit by lasers from the destroyer and crash lands on Jakku. Finn has ejected. But it, well, we don't know he's ejected. But it appears Poe has gone down with the ship, leaving only his jacket. Now you were talking about goofy CGI editing things. Yeah. When Poe, or not Poe, when Finn grabs the jacket, he is up in the debris of the ship. Yes. The very next shot, he's like twelve <laughs> feet back as the thing's falling down. That's the I'm like every time I see that, I'm like, huh. Yeah, he I know it's quite a, a bit. I know it's a continuity thing, but that bugs me. Like, but and he was in the debris. All of that goes on, and then like a second later, it's getting sucked down, but he's he does, 12 feet behind. He, he sees the rumble. You see him start to back up just a little bit, but not enough to be 12 feet away. He's very far away. Which could shot. very well be just movie time, yeah. you know, one of those things, but who knows. I know that that whole scene was Spielberg's idea. Oh, well, that's cool. Spielberg has the idea. That, well, J.J. Abrams had the idea that this, the ship would get sucked in on the sand. Spielberg said, blow it up. Okay. To this day, I don't understand that scene at all. In fact, listening to the commentary, the only thing you get is that it was Spielberg's idea. I don't understand so, what the hell brought it down. I don't understand why it blew up. It makes no sense. See, I, so here's how I grabbed it in my head or latched onto it in my head. There's an animal pulling it down, and when the animal finally bit into the main part of it, it hits, hit some part that made it explode. So whatever okay. animal grabbed it... Which Probably. would be a Sarlacc, right? Well, those, that's on no, Tatooine. Yeah, that's on Tatooine. We don't know what animal it was in Jakku. Yeah. But whatever grabbed it, as it was sort of, as it was crunching it down, when it hit the main midsection, it hit something in there, maybe the fuel cells or whatever, and it exploded, probably killing whatever had originally grabbed it. 
Now, I got an idea that I think you might like, and that is, what if these new TIE fighters are set to self-destruct so that there's no trace of them? So the first, the people don't know the First Order where it's there. Ooh, that's even, that's even, I liked mine, but that's, that's that, good. Make, that makes good sense. Makes Either sense. way, I like my animal biting It builds things. the universe. Because there are times when you bite into things and they surprise you, like Pop Rocks. First time you bite into Pop mm. Rocks, you do not expect your mouth to suddenly go fizz. I could go for some <laughs> Pop Rocks right now. <laughs> Finn wanders across Joe's apparently very used to popping in his mouth I don't know what that laugh was for <laughs> Stop it Finn wanders across the desert Discarding his stormtrooper armor Little by little by the way He's like I'm Shedding that's a another, little by a little it's That's like another problem I have headrums. So and I know this is way before But you're talking about them dropping the armor So what the f*** is the point of stormtrooper armor it holds out smoke but not toxins you can take it off piecemeal and it looks like it's made of plastic like i always thought this was like heavy but like cold wars makes it seem like this is like sturdy stuff and you're yeah. watching him take it off piecemeal it's like what the fuck it's like taking what's off the, knee pads and elbow pads what's when the, you're rollerblading what's, that's exactly <laughs> what it's like that's a great analogy so what's the point of the Star Wars armor. Let's give him this. The Stormtroopers can shoot finally. How much time? I mean, it looks cool. It looks great. It really does. But smoke, not that whole line bugged me. Smoke, not toxic. Joel? I'll say this. <laughs> How much time has passed? From- <laughs> I thought that was a Sprad moment. So my first point is, and then, <laughs> then not say anything. How much time has passed between Clone Wars and this movie? Oh, 40 shit. years? 50 years? I'd say so, 40, 50. 40, 50 years? Yeah. Let's just say, let's look at football. Look at Cordell Stewart. That's actually that a very good analogy. Slash what they played. Fo- football players back then were like bulked up, and today, yeah. like, they, they barely wear any pads. Everything's made to feel lighter for better productivity and better. All like, right. I don't know. Very well, could be, but still, if, if it's not going to block anything, what's the fucking point? Pachu, pachu. Pachu, pachu, pachu. Mobility. Eventually, he arrives in Nima Outpost, the town where Ray trades scrap for food. While Finn is looking for water in the town, he sees Ray being accosted by two of Unkerplut's henchmen who are trying to make off with BB-8. He begins to rush to Ray, but before he gets far, Ray handedly fights off her attackers using her staff. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. I love this. She beats the shit out of him with, oh, with yeah, her staff. That's awesome. <laughs> and then we get people wondering why she's so proficient with a lightsaber later on. A uh, staff and a lightsaber yeah, kind of similar. Same. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. I feel yeah. like the staff would be harder to use. Yeah. Uh, clearly, she can handle herself. Yeah. BB-8 spots Finn looking their way and tells Ray that he's wearing Poe's jacket, which they assume is stolen. Ray yeah, chases B- Finn. BB-8 down, was not happy. Knocks him down to the ground and confronts Finn about the jacket. Finn, te- Finn tells them that Poe was captured by the First Order and that he helped him escape, but Poe was unfortunately killed, and BB-8 is saddened. Oh, I'm sorry. The sound effects for BB-8 are amazing. Yeah. Ben Burt yeah. is a fucking genius. Uh, and rolls off. But Ray is excited and impressed and assumes Finn is, is a resistance fighter. And Finn lies, <laughs> telling her, yes, you, you with the resistance. A, you have a bigger problem. Women always find out You the keep truth. quoting into the future always. here. It doesn't matter. It's awesome. Finn is very theatrical. Yes, he is. Scenes. He Those, is. Overdramatic sometimes. Yes. But he, it does get better as the movie goes on, which is kind of what I was saying in the intro. I was like, does that mean I'm just going to be like, over theatrical in the beginning, but then kind of find my place as the show goes on. The funny thing is, is that his over theatricality works 99% of the time because of mm-hmm. he is the sense of humor at this point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know what he is. And he is like, this is what we look like. All of us resistance people. We're, we're, this is what we look like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 
my, my wife constantly says, because she'll sit down and watch this movie with me. Mm-hmm. She doesn't watch the other ones. She'll sit down and watch this one, and she's like, this one's so funny. And it is. It's genuinely it is. witty. It's yeah. funnier than the others. Uh, it's funny, and it's not forced funny. It's new no. generation. Yeah. And then this next part is actually Patrick's and mine, one of my favorite things, and my wife's. This is my, my wife's favorite thing in the entire movie, the whole hand-holding bit. Ray so. excitedly tells Finn that BB-8 is on a secret mission. Finn tells her BB-8 is carrying a map to Luke Skywalker, and Ray is even more impressed, declaring that she thought Skywalker was a myth. BB-8 returns and alerts Finn and Ray that they are in trouble. Dun, dun, dun. First Order stormtroopers are now looking for Finn and the BB-8 droid. Stormtroopers chase Finn, Ray, and BB-8 through Nema Outpost, and TIE fighters are called in and begin to bomb and strafe the town. Even better, they can't find a blaster anywhere. No. <laughs> there's no blasters on this planet. <laughs> Does no one have a blaster? <laughs> he can't find water. He can't find a weapon. This place sucks. <laughs> to make their escape, they steal a quote-unquote garbage vehicle to escape the First Order. It is the Millennium Falcon. So dun, dun, dun. No, we'll take the garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool scene. It, it, I've, I've slowed that scene down several times because they do pan past it. Do they really? Yeah, they uh, pan past that. It. And you can kind of see just like the outline of it as it's passing so quickly. So you have an idea of that's what it is. But if you're in the theater, <clears throat> you have no idea what you just yeah, saw. Yeah, you didn't no. catch it. Ray takes the pilot's seat while Finn mans the guns because that's what he knows how to do on a ship. Hey, you kind of skipped over the whole hand-holding bit. Did you not find that awesome? Like every time. I gave you a moment to add something in, but you were checking your texts. No, I wasn't. What were you doing on your phone? I was deleting an email that I had just read. Okay. I was going to give you time to talk about, but you were deleting an email. <laughs> Got him. Do you have something you'd like to add about the handholding? But well, you don't want to talk about the handholding. I thought it was pretty awesome. Quit the whole, like. That's what I'm saying. Do you want to talk about it? I just. Thought it, it should was just awesome. be all about what I want to talk about. You had. No, I see. It's okay. I Tell thought, me! I thought it was awesome. Joe didn't think it was awesome. Explain to me why you think it's awesome. Because Finn tries to hold her hand to protect her, and she doesn't need his protection because she's a badass woman. And then she does what? Saves his ass a lot. She grabs his hand and helps him. When? When he's on the ground. Because he's feeble and weak. I didn't catch it. But yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's even more awesome. He, he gets knocked out. She goes, are you okay? And he goes... Are you okay? And oh, yeah. And, and then she, what? And and then she, she does the whole class. And helps him. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Okay. I didn't connect the thoughts. Yeah. So let me get this straight. You called me out because I didn't want to talk about the whole hand thing, handle anything. And you missed probably the most important part for character development that she's the powerful one here. I thought she was the powerful one. Why right. would you tell me that that was bad character development? I thought she was powerful. I'm not. She I, said got it was good, I said it was good character, character development. Did he not just yell at me? I think he called you out. I don't know if he yelled at you. Do you not hear the sound of his voice? It, he just wants to be heard. Do you understand the words <laughs> that are coming out of my mouth? He just wants there to be heard. There we go. And you were yelling at me for being on it's your phone. He was he was just caught on his phone, too. Because what was just happening was between you two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, neither is confident in their abilities on the, on the Falcon, and their liftoff is rough. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's so great to see it just digging <laughs> into the sand. <laughs> If Han Solo was on that ship, he would have kicked both their asses off before that thing even hit the flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Finn is able to shoot down. To, oh, no, I'm sorry. Destroying a substantial portion of the town as they try to get off the ground. Nima outpost is gone. Uh, Finn is able to shoot down a pursuing fighter, but the guns are hit and locked in a position that prevents him from taking out the remaining fighter. Now, I want to talk about Ray's flight abilities here. Because she starts off, she can't fly the fucking thing, can't lift it off the ground. 
but she's very quickly able to figure she's out adapting how it works. on the fly very quickly. Yes, and it reminds me of like when you play. You guys have played Mario Kart. Yeah. Different iterations of it, and then you like miss like three or four iterations of Mario Kart, and somebody goes, "Hey, let's play," and you're like, "Okay." In the first race, you suck it, and all of a sudden, it's like I remember the controls a little bit. Yeah. I think it, I get it. It starts to come back to you. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff happens in this movie with Ray that makes you think that she's had some type of training or introduction to something mm-hmm. in the past that we don't know about. And I think that that's something we're going to find out about in the next couple of movies. Probably. Because she's very fluent or comfortable with a lot of these brand new things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do believe that that's something we're going to get a lot of information on. Or I hope that we do. In the next two. I hope so. Yeah. Because there, there are a lot of unanswered questions for me in this movie and her abilities. Well, yeah, and I mean, the flight thing is something that you can adapt to. The, and the, what I love, it, the, I love the way she flies, the physicality she puts into it. When she's flipping the Falcon over, it's like she puts her whole body into that control to do it. And you feel the weight of the Falcon turn yeah. and stuff. And you're like, damn, that! I want to I fly the Falcon when I see that. Yeah. When Han Solo was flying, listen, I get it was his ship, but he was very laid back and just pressed the button here and here. And all of a sudden, the Falcon was flying through asteroids. Yeah, Ray's putting her body into it. Yep, I agree. So I kind of like the way it's that It's nice that looks. to see the physicality of it. Yeah. Uh Finn is able to shoot down a pursuing fighter, but the guns are hit and locked in a position that prevents him from taking out the remaining fighter. Ray flies through the wrecked ships in the desert of Jakku, occasionally scraping through the sands as they try to keep low to confuse the TIE fighter's tracking. If it confuses TIE fighter tracking, can it confuse Star Destroyer tracking that is in orbit? Yes. Okay. Because one of the questions that Patrick had is, when they leave the planet, how come the Star Destroyers don't just throw them in a tractor beam? Well, their signals have been jammed because one of the first things they did was jam their signals. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is they don't know they're looking for a Corellian fighter because the signal's been jammed. Yeah. And they hit to hyperspace as soon as they break Atmos. So the ship, like, say they leave the planet on this side and the Star Destroyer is the whole way on the other side, they wouldn't have time to do the tractor beam anyway. Yeah. They do this <clears> crazy-ass <throat> flip with the Falcon. Awesome. It's so Cause, cool. Because <laughs> Ben Burt also stops the sound. Yeah. Like he does, like with the awesome bomb explosions and attack of the clones, where it just goes silent and then boom, 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 and he blows up the ship, and that's just awesome. Oh, no, I've nothing. I was just, I really like that scene. Oh, yeah. No sound, no music either. William stopped his soundtrack. Yeah. The, it's complete silence and then just shots. Yeah. And we've never seen it free fall upside down before. And then you're like, Oh, <laughs> it does your classic lift back up and move up. But you get goosebumps seeing it this time. Every time. It's not like in Man of Steel where you see that one plane go down and all of a sudden it shoots back up. And you're like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. This you were on your seat. Yeah. You're like, there they got it. <laughs> it's like the first time you see the pod races. You're I mean, we'd seen the Millennium Falcon before, but we never seen it used in that way. Yeah. Outside of flying out of the creature's mouth and. Yeah. A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi. That was Re- Empire. Return of the Jedi. Empire? Yeah. yeah. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> it all runs together right now. This is Nashville. Just <laughs> <Okay. laughs> checking. They head off away from Jakku and on toward the wider galaxy, not having flown in years. The Falcon is not in good repair and almost immediately requires an emergency patch. Ray begins repairing the ship while Finn admits to BB-8 he is not part of the Resistance, but is still able to convince BB-8 to tell him where the Resistance base is. Can we talk about how awesome this scene is? (laughs) The whole scene is great. And then the little flick of the lighter for the thumbs up. Like, (laughs) that's awesome. 
I love it that the Ilenium system. Yes, yes, the Ilenium system. It makes sense. Ray knows how to fix a ship. She's a thanks perfect she's been sense, all the yeah. time. And she's sitting there just going, no, not that one. Oh, that I love one, that's that also one. no. The no. one I'm pointing to because I had flashbacks <laughs> so to my father. I had <laughs> I had flashbacks to my father. I would always have to work on something with my dad. My dad would be like, no, no, that wrench. That wrench, mm-hmm. the one I'm pointing to, like literally during that whole scene, I'm like, this is this was me and my dad, like that was just that. That's the entire theme to this school year. Uh, <laughs> me be like, hey, hey, would you mind pushing your chair? No, no, honey, the chair. That that one. No, no, the one I'm pointing to. You see it? Follow my finger. There. Yeah. I'm touching Push it under now. the desk. <laughs> Other side of the desk. All right. Have a good day. See you tomorrow. Uh, Real conversation I did not just make up. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Patrick loves the escape scene in the Falcon, but says, old toys but new characters. I'm sensing a pattern. <sighs> yes, because history never repeats itself in Star Wars. Yeah. I suppose it, he, what he would like to see is no Millennium Falcon right here, right? And if that's what he wants, I'm not sure I can follow him there. Nope. I was going to say, if you want no Millennium Falcon, if you want no... No touchback. I mean, part of me wonders is his argument that he feels like we just remade it or there were too many nods to the originals. And in my opinion, they needed to be all those nods to the originals. They're still because, alive. Because eight and nine are going to probably have almost no nods. But yeah, as you say, they are still alive. Leia's still a thing. Luke's still a thing. So. And they're prominent members of whatever they're doing. I mean, not Han yeah. Solo, but Leia is. So, yeah, I'm not sure I can follow Patrick on... The the new characters, old toys. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I love that it's new characters, old toys. Like yes, I can I can totally see the nods along the way, but I like them. But I love I, the nods. But at the same time, I don't see them as being de- being detrimental to the story in any way whatsoever. Because without the Millennium Falcon, you don't get Han Solo finding them, which means you don't get Han Solo in this movie. And part of me again that goes back to. With some of the stuff that he was writing, does he not want them in this movie? I almost wonder if he would have rather had just the three and none of the original three, which I get that. I think there were some people that wanted that. I wasn't. No. I I personally am so happy that Luke is still there and that they still have stories to tell. Again, this is the Skywalker story. Yeah, but that's what you you and I have always said is you need to have the Skywalkers for it to be be Star Wars. Otherwise, it's a spinoff movie. Yeah. Right? True. Okay, the Falcon is then captured and pulled into a larger ship. Finn is afraid they have been recaptured by the First Order. As the Falcon is... I love when he puts his hand on Ray's head. What? He's climbing up. Wasn't there a scene between Kylo Ren and an officer before they're captured? Uh, possibly. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. Well, there's the whole scene where, where Kylo finds out. Oh, yeah, the officer comes the, in. The officer... Like, that's a powerful scene. we got to kind of talk about that okay, scene. Okay, yeah. Officer shows Be- up, because- says... Hey Kylo, we we they escaped. They escaped with with a BB unit and and a girl. Well, Kylo well, goes well, batshit yeah. crazy before the girl comes. But yeah, first first he loses his mind just because they escaped, and uh, you see him act like a petulant child, which he's a Scott. Well, no, he's a Solo, but he's half Skywalker. Well, so, but that's the thing. He's also you're assuming 18, 19, 20 years old here. Yeah, and a guy way more powerful than he can control. More powerful, but not as powerful as he wishes to be. Yeah. And always living in that shadow of what he's supposed to be and can't. Yeah. Yep. And that's going to weigh on you when you are not around your parents. Yep. 
So, you know, we can sit there and say, listen, yeah, Kylo Ren is being all emo and everything, but he's supposed to be. He's not a well-adjusted individual. Well, to be fair to that, Patrick does make a good point there. He says, you can't like Kylo, which I do. I love Kylo as a hero, and hate Hayden's Anakin. Oh. Dun, 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 Joel. Them be fighting words. (laughs) We're all just going to get along today. (laughs) Uh, Patrick's point is, the dark side just turns you into a moody goth kid and and you grow up to be a real asshole. Well, we don't we don't know what Kylo was like as a kid, and we also don't know where Kylo's story's going. But the but the point is is if you like Kylo, you need to respect because that's exactly what uh, Hayden's uh, Hayden Christensen's Anakin was as well. I'll say this: I disliked Kylo Ren as much as I disliked Anakin in the early movies. Wow! Oh, I did. But because he was a whiny, uncontrolled little kid, and it just annoyed me. But once we talked about all of the movies and understand why they directed it that way, why he said and did the things that he did and how it worked into the storyline, now that I've watched it two more times this week, I appreciate the direction of the character and what in making the connection. So I get what they were doing. Would I have hung out with them? No. <laughs> well, no, because you don't want to get force choked. Yeah. The, Just a uh, whiny kids. It's also important to remember that Anakin's anger did not stem from not living up to potential. Kylo's does. Yeah. Anakin's is he knows he's the best. And he can't and no, do anything and about And no one will let him be the best. Yes. Uh, and no one will recognize him. His, his is all about recognition. Yep. Kylo's is all about I'm never as powerful, so he's always running that race. And you're going to be upset nine times out of ten when that happens. So when he beats the hell out of those computer screens with that with lightsaber, I buy that that's what his anger looks like. Vader's anger looked like he anger Vader like okay, whatever, I'll deal with it later. I know I can. Kylo, he's in this partnership with General Hux that he probably isn't very happy with. Snoke denies him of any real promise. But he taught, uh, see, so Snoke denotes him. Hux and him, Kylo Ren puts Hux in his place an awful lot. I know Hux has the line later, well, like, well, because of Kylo, we didn't think it was necessary. Well, yeah, they both put each other in each other's place. But, uh, see, I don't think that's that much of a dig at Kylo Ren because there is still nothing Hux can do to Ren. There is nothing. Well, Hux if you is- tell Snoke, Snoke can do it to Ren. That's the thing, because he, he mentioned that he goes, do I have to talk to Snoke about this? Then he's that tattletale. He's that boy that is weaker than you but and Kylo is Ren constantly tattling on you, and ooh. that's just hard. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Analogy, analogy. Kylo Ren and Hux are the evil version of Obi-Wan and Anakin. Oh. Very equal, but separated by talent. Yeah, I can see that. Ooh, and I heard another thing that I wanted to mention later. And that is, let's just say that the possibility that Ray's parentage is Obi-Wan. Is Obi-Wan. Now you've got grandson versus granddaughter. Obi-Wan, Anakin, grandson, granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. I'm trying to put it all together in my head. Yeah. Yeah. It's not gonna be her, it's not gonna be Obi-Wan's daughter because Obi-Wan's fucking old. Yeah. That seed ain't spreading any longer. Uh. Um so it was Abraham. Especially, especially when you dress like that. I don't know what they were into. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like I'm not one to judge what 
gets people cranking. As the Falcon is boarded, and he and Ray hide in a secret compartment, but the boarding party is actually Han Solo and Chewbacca. Yep. Pa- Patrick had a lot to say here. Oh, Chewie, um, we're home. Oh, which I love that. Love I love it. that so scene. Good. And here's and we're we're sounding a bit like fanboys, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay sounding like fanboys with some of this. But Patrick made the point, and here's where the movie starts down its path towards the dark side. Thank you for bringing in Han and Han Solo and Chewie. The memories were lovely, but can't we stop making Han take droids to resistance bases to start trilogies? Stop. Could okay. He's done it once. And in his defense, he didn't know that wasn't what he was doing in the first movie. It wasn't revealed until they rescued the princess. Otherwise, they wouldn't have left R2 by himself in an imperial office. That's true. But it, but it does start two trilogies. How does it start? No, he said Han Solo taking droids. It started the, the original trilogy, and yeah. it's starting this trilogy. Okay. So it's starting two trilogies. But it says, can't we stop <coughs> making Han? Let me say, he's done it more than once, right? Anyway, couldn't he have been involved for another reason, perhaps as a former general who is now a respectable person instead of a smuggler again? The novels and comics help explain this. Yeah, and that's that's where I think Patrick's missing some stuff because of that. I genuinely don't think, especially Aftermath, if you read Aftermath, that is when you learn why Han Solo stops being a general and he becomes goes back to smuggling. And they say it in the in the they say the line in the movie, and if it's if it's not enough info, then make sure you get uh, anybody out there. If it's not enough to know that he just quit being a general and became a smuggler again, read after our aftermath life debt and bloodline. Bloodline flushes <laughs> out even more it, because there is the bottom line is he went back to what he was good at. Yep. He was a good smuggler. He did not like being a general, and he was really starting to worry about failing people and having too much responsibility. And that's what made people love Han. That was, was he, who he was. Was he was that character that is terrified of commitment and terrified of responsibility. He genuinely tried it, and it turned out he wasn't good at it. Which, yes, that's a tragic flaw in some character. Mm-hmm. But that's why I don't think it could have gone down that idea. So as far as resetting Solo, they couldn't reset Solo because he was established in the original trilogy. And then they continued that through Bloodline, the book, through... A moving target, the the little youth adult novel, and through aftermath. Yeah. So I think I think where where that may help is if you read those three books. If they had brought Solo back as a respectable person, fanboys would have been pissed because where's the scoundrel? Which is what they grew up. Which is with. what they wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can't please everybody. No. Okay. Also, his running away gives an illustration as to why Kylo is why he is. Yeah. You need that backstory for he Kylo. Did, he didn't have a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ray knows the history of the ship. and oh, I just did that, did I? No, <clears throat> Ray knows the history of the ship and how to repair it. Han is impressed. Yeah. But the ship is then boarded by two more smuggling parties. Han is trying his hand at smuggling again, <laughs> this time by carrying some menacing raftars. Han tries to talk his way out of his debts with the two smuggling groups while Ray and Finn escape. Great. Like, that's the thing. And I, I sound like a huge fanboy. Tell what that I'm, to Kanja Club. What, I, what I'm supposed to be, <laughs> what I'm supposed to be maybe being more critical, but I love it. Yeah. I, I And I've seen it dozens and dozens of times, but when was the second time? Like, that Like that makes me laugh every time. It's Han so Solo if, being if, a Han Solo. Yeah, if I'm being a fanboy, I genuinely enjoy it. Yeah. I, I, I hear people when they say, it it makes him not as powerful a smuggler as he supposedly. If he's this greatest smuggler, why would these two like? 
Okay. Because it's, I don't know, it's just good. I, again, we're going to go back to things, and I don't, I don't want to re, 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 I don't want to go back in time and go over the last discussion we had about Luke Skywalker and his power, but we had an idea about, a lot of people had an idea about Han Solo, that he was the greatest smuggler, and that he was this massive scoundrel. Let's keep in mind, Leia called him a scoundrel. Yeah. You know, because she, she was just being mean. Uh I always, and this goes back to, well, he's a bloodthirsty guy. He shoots people first and everything. Han is a coward at the beginning. He runs away from everything because he doesn't want to deal with anything. Yeah, he's That's an avoider. He he's an avoider. Yeah, he's not this badass that people claim they saw in these movies because he, fly, he flies a falcon like a badass. And he shoots like a badass. So I, uh, and yes, a, yes. as I listen to this, I'm not even sure I'm comfortable with him being coward. I don't think he is a coward. Never I don't. Says, he has, he he has moments smart. of coward. He has moments of cowardice. No, I don't think that's I don't even think that's being a coward. Okay. I think Han Solo is very good at reading situations. He knows when he's fucked and he knows when he's not. And he knows that, okay, if I can talk my way out, it's like he says to Chewie, I'll do it again. I always do. When he doesn't, he goes to his blaster. So okay. if he can get himself out of a situation, that's being smart. I don't think that's being cowardly. When his back is up against the wall, he will fight his way out. Perhaps I'm using the wrong word. Maybe I'm trying to think of a different word for flight when it's fight or flight. Just smart. I, I Escape from a situation. Yeah, I think he's just being smart. Okay. Uh, Ray tries to close blast doors to save Han, but instead opens the doors to the Raptar containers. <laughs> the Raptars, now this is, this is a scene that a lot of people hate and a lot of people love. A lot of people hate it because they think it's too CGI, and a lot of people love it because it's something new that they haven't seen before. Uh, I thought it was a throwaway scene. I don't have an opinion one way or the other. Okay. If, if they completely got rid of the scene, it would be okay. I, but, th I think the point of the scene is so you can see how Han Solo operates as a smuggler because we've never seen him operate as a smuggler before. You're right. Which again, though, I don't need to. I don't feel like I necessarily needed to know how he operated. I knew he was a smuggler. Yeah. So that's uh, why it's it's. I don't take it or leave it. Yeah. So people that you know, people that go, oh yeah, we know he was a smuggler. Okay. All right. But that's if you read the books and everything. Yeah. You know, if you don't read the books, if you just see the movies, you go, okay, what's he like as a smuggler? This is the interaction you see, and now you have to get rid of that interaction. Yep. So they do a great job of that. Plus, you get to see a great scene, which is harkened later on, which is going from light speed right from a standing position. Don't ask me until I've tried it. <laughs> great <laughs> line. That's such a great line. I never ask myself that until I've done it. <laughs> uh, the raptors attack and eat the smugglers and almost get Finn, but Ray saves them by closing a door on the creature's tentacles, se severing them. The heroes escape in the Millennium Falcon and leave their attackers behind. The newfound allies travel to the green planet of Takadana. I never knew there was so much green in the world. To seek help from Maz Kanata and an orange-skinned an orange-skinned alien. Why do they got to be so colorist? Before this, do we yeah, have really. the scene where Kylo's talking to the mask? Yes. Um, any thoughts? Just wow. It's powerful. It's so powerful. And the, and the fan theories are going crazy. Is he talking to Vader's Force Ghost? Is he talking to Obi-Wan's Force Ghost? Is he talking to Snoke? Mm -hmm. Like, there's all these ideas of who he's talking to. Problem is, is if you go into that scene, you'll believe whatever you want to believe going into it because it's just a boy talking to a mask. Yeah. But it's a boy who is genuinely terrified. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. You, he may be behind his own mask. The way Adam and Adam Driver is a great actor for what he does with his voice, and he is terrified in that scene. He does what Bane did also for Batman. Yep, which is take a Soul mask the character and make it work. Yeah, 
He just shouldn't have taken the mask off. See, and I like the fact that he took the mask off. I also do, too. But go on, Joel. I mean, I th- one, talking to Vader's, I always got confused by that because at the end of Jedi, Vader that? chooses mm-hmm. the light. And yeah. so I'm thinking, why would you admire somebody who gave up? Or, not, or who went back to what they what thought. So then that's why we... What if Kylo Ren is secretly a mole? A mole? And he's been planted there by Luke. And so he takes the mask off to show that he's the light. Because he has to kill Han and do all of this stuff to get close to Snoke. Spoiler. And this is all part of Luke's big grandiose plan. Maybe. Might be. I don't like the fact... Well, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that... I don't think it was a bad decision for him to take off the mask because at that point you're separating him from Darth Vader. Darth Vader in the first three movies we had no idea what he looked like and so yeah. that was part of his mystery. I think it sets Kylo Ren apart and makes him his own character, the fact that he shows his face early on. And that he is somebody's son. Yes. Yes. I just am no longer afraid of Kylo Ren now that he takes his mask off. He needed I think to, the mystery he needed made me to, afraid. But he needed to, the sad thing is, is but you needed that moment where him and Han are looking at each other face to face. In all honesty, he takes it off earlier than that, right? I know he takes it off with Ray, but my point is, if they were going to keep it any longer, if the re- reveal would have been when him and his father were facing each other, they still needed to take it off in this movie. He right. Needed, he needed to take his mask off in this movie. If they held on to it any longer, they should have done it when he faced his dad for the first time That's out on I that think. bridge. I think it would have been more powerful if it was. Right that would have been incredibly powerful. Yeah. So on Takadana, they are Huge. spotted in the cantina by both First Order and Resistance spies. Yup, yup. Chicka, yup, yup. Listen, listen to the song. It is very close to the original yup, yup song. It's not. It's, it is. Moody, moody. Where are you getting yup, yup from? Well, they don't use the, I'm just saying, like, the melody. It's a Jamaican song. Fine. Whatever. Are you thinking of uh, The Lion King? You no. could be a big pig, too. Hey. Yup, yup. <laughs> No, I wasn't. Yep, yep, yep. I was thinking of the Ewok song. But yeah, thank remember, you for he's never help. seen the original Ewok song. Which yep, is depressing yep, yep. to me. Uh, okay, so <laughs> Kylo Ren sends forces to recapture the map. Finn, still fearful of being recaptured by the First Order, admits that he is not part of the Resistance and decides to run by joining a crew headed for the Outer Rim. Uh, Get me out of here. So we meet Maz Kanata. Solo! <laughs> Hey, Where, hi, wh- hi, Maz. Where's my boyfriend? I love that whole thing between her and Chewie. I love the fact that when they're walking up to the castle, <laughs> he goes, uh, don't look at anything. <laughs> don't don't, any of it. don't any stare. Of it. <laughs> don't stare at what? Any, 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 any of anything. <laughs> it's such a good... And it, Han it, Solo is good in this movie. Oh, he's great in it, yeah. Like th- there was somebody so that, that made the argument that Harrison Ford has been fo- phoning it in, and maybe because he knew this was Han's swan song, he is great. Good as yeah. Han in this movie, like he is. This is this is almost a Han, so- or literally almost more a Han Solo movie than a race than a Ray movie. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Well, think of this, and that is think of how much advertising and how many publicity moves Harrison Ford was involved in before this movie that he has never done in the last twenty years in any of the other movies. That's true. I mean, he, I think he had fun. I think he had a lot of fun rejoining this thing and doing it all over. Yeah. Um. And it sucks that, you know, we're not going to see him again, but... Unless he's a Force ghost. Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy into that. He had the Force all along. Uh, <laughs> Special guy. Anything from Patrick? Uh, 
Maz has been running her bar for over a thousand years. How old do people get in this universe? Yoda was over nine hundred. Chewie just passed two centuries. No, nah, I think it was being funny then. Yeah, I do. I yeah. think that was just being funny. Um, oh, finally, a valid reason to have Han in this movie. He's the new dad that has to die. Cough, Vader, cough. Oh, I for, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and yet most people correlated Han with Obi Wan in this film as the wise person who is helping the heroes out he with like, new advice. Yeah. I don't know. I did, I Again, it's sort of like the argument. If you go in getting something out of this movie, that's what you're going to get out of it. Yeah, if you're going with your arms crossed, you're going to take out negative things. Han Solo has to be in this movie in a, many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have... Anakin can't turn into Darth Vader unless his, unless Padme dies. Mm-hmm. This adds at a completely new level to Kylo Ren in a scene that comes later. They don't find the lightsabers if it's not for Han Solo. They don't get anywhere if it isn't for the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. No. Well, I'm also I'm a well, Patrick, solo Pat, supporter. I was, was going to wait until we talked about Maz for a little bit, but Patrick makes the comment, and I was going to talk about this. Um, thank you, Maz, for giving the lightsaber to Finn, showing you again Solo and Chewie aren't even needed, but rather a grab of nostalgia. That's something where I think Patrick missed it because there is a scene where... Finn is taken down there by Han and Chewie. Like Finn only Finn only comes back because of Han and Chewie getting him before he leaves for the outer rim and all of that stuff. That's before the troopers landed all that. That was a deleted scene that that was only released on like the Target version package. Um, but it was talked about in the book. If you read the book by Alan Dean Foster mm-hmm. of Star Wars The Force Awakens, the only reason Finn is able to go down there is because Han and Chewie sent him down there. And, I re- and I the really is canon, <clears throat> and I'm I'm not sure I can follow you that Han and Chewie are solely nostalgia. I do genuinely think they are needed in this movie, especially yep. they, they, to turn as- Kylo completely to the dark side. Yeah, and and the way the movie was made, if you're saying they weren't needed and a different movie should have been made, well then that's a different movie. But for the movie that was made. Han, Leia, and Luke are all needed. They, they need to be in the movie in order for the story that was told to be told. If you're saying you didn't want them, then you're right. Then a different movie should have been made. A spinoff. Uh, yeah, not the movie that was made. It's going to be a dumb movie then. Yeah. <laughs> now, careful. He's the only person that actually participates in this. Steve does. <laughs> yeah, but we haven't heard from Steve for a while. Well, Steve has plenty to say. Well, what? Well, you never tell us. Well, Steve isn't sending, you know... Essays to talk about. There you go, Steve. Come on, send stuff. Uh, actually, put my name on it for once. So I feel like I get. I like Han Solo. That's yeah, true. You, I do love Han Solo. That's the thing. You need him to turn Kylo, and it, that's important. The, the producers have said from the get-go, this is about fathers and sons. Yes. Well, that was that was a George Lucas uh, interview a, question from 1995, and it was a Kathleen Kennedy reiteration when they started doing the press tour for this. Well, then you can't yell at me for bringing up George Lucas quotes from 1995. No! George Lucas also <laughs> thought Red Tails is one of his best movies. I have no argument for that. My point is, okay, he Lucas, also hated Star Wars and didn't want to go see it in the theater. Lucas is or Luke is supposed to be the most powerful force user ever. All Are time. we even halfway through this movie? No, we're trying to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, meanwhile, Ray is drawn to the lower floor of the cantina by the sound of a girl crying and opens a box to discover Luke Skywalker's lightsaber lost at Cloud City. 
When she touches the lightsaber, she experiences a frightening vision. The dream has the voices of old Jedi like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda. It flashes by quickly. She sees the hallways of Cloud City, a vision of Skywalker in R2-D2, a vision of Kylo Ren surrounded by bodies, thrusting a saber through the chest of a mysterious figure, a vision of herself being abandoned as a child on Jakku, and finally she sees Ren pursuing her in a snowy forest. I like this scene. I do, too. I think the flashback's amazing. Did he go piss again? James. <laughs> yeah, he did. No, this is good. Yeah. Uh, on Starkiller Base, a snowy mountainous planet, General Hux addresses legions of First Order stormtroopers, a la the Nazis. He angrily declares yeah. the death of the Republic. The planet has a massive trench around the equator and a continent-sized aperture. The base fires a massive red beam from the center of the planet, traveling across space and splitting into four separate beams, which destroy individual planets. We see crowds of people on populated planets look up into the sky to witness the conflagration, the destruction as their planet is destroyed. (laughs) Yeah, the parallel on this one wasn't very subtle, was it? No, it was not. (laughs) Uh, Just got done talking about the First Order. Oh! Their little Nazi camp that they had. Yeah, that was hard to watch. It was, I mean, a little, it was a appro- on the nose. Ap- appropriate, but hard to watch. Yeah, <laughs> little on the nose, but General Hux delivers a speech. Yeah, that's... He's got a set of lungs on him. Yeah, and uh, I believe him. I do, too. I also believe it's personal for him. Yeah, there's there's a story... And that's something that hasn't been talked about. There is a story to Hux that we don't know. Yeah. He, uh, I think he's almost a bigger mystery than Snoke is. I've heard a rumor that Hux may still be Luke Skywalker's son. Red hair? Mara Jade had red hair? That'd be a hell of a connection. And that Luke Skywalker uh, and Obi-Wan's daughter got busy and made Ray, And so she's a mix of both of them. Oh. That would make Marge. Hux, Hux and Ray are brother and sister. Brother and sister. Oh. Hidden from the First Order early on. Yeah. After seeing what her older brother was going to do. I can see that. I, it's, I can't poke a hole in it yet. No, I can't either. So it's a legitimate theory. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Ray is frightened by her vision and refuses Luke's lightsaber. Well, Vader's lightsaber. Vader, yeah. No, it was blue. Anakin's, not Vader's. Vader's was red. So this would be Anakin's lightsaber or Luke's. But it was, it wasn't red until <coughs> Empire or yeah. red, red, red until A New Hope. It when he when he turned into Darth Vader on Episode Three, his lightsaber was still blue. All right. Um, Ray is frightened. Okay, yeah. Finn and the others, but he hadn't died yet because remember he has to die on the operating table. At the same time, Padme died. You're right, but so he, he was, was already Darth Vader. No, he was named Vader. He became yes, he, Va- he became the person of Vader when he died. Finn and the others look to the sky as the red beams can be seen destroying the other Republic planets. The First Order begin landing troops, including Kylo Ren's V-winged ship, which I think looks awesome. Maz gr- gives the lightsaber to Finn. I hate his ship. Oh, you do? Kylo Ren's ship, I yeah. hate it. I think it looks so stupid. Oh. I think it's the most ugly, boring, hor- and for like the main villain, it's such a shit ship. More than Slave One? I like Slave One. <laughs> I think Slave One is great. I'm just trying to poke the bear over here, but he's way too focused. Yeah, he's I'm looking up his new ship. He has barely talked this entire <laughs> time. Because I have nothing to add to Star Wars that you all don't already know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why y'all gave me movie news. Maz <laughs> gives the lightsaber to Finn. 
As the stormtroopers attack, like Finn it. uses the lightsaber to fight back, but is knocked down by another stormtrooper, unnamed but pro- popularly referred to as TR Adar or Traitor. No, he is named now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's FN00009, or is it 90000? I can't remember. Yeah, it's one of those two. Yeah, there's a niner in there. Yeah, see? Say it into the microphone. Own it. I'm just saying, like, the ship isn't. It's ugly. It's cool. No, it's not cool. I didn't even want to buy the Lego no, set. No, no, That's how cool uncool is it is. Thing. You can say it's cool. It's all right. It's your opinion. You enjoy I'll that. Say that it. is how uncool it is, is it's not even worthy of being a Lego. It is. No, it's not. Yes, right it is. It, it is not. Or is this Mega Bloks? You can get it at Target. No, it is. I'm not saying it. Sorry. I'm not saying it is not Lego. It's not it worth is. Buying. I'm saying it's not worth being a Lego. It is so ugly. It is not worth being actually made by Legos. I'm saying right now when I look at it and I see the design of it, it's not a bad ship. But while I understand what, what? you're saying. <laughs> no, What's think, good about it? I'm saying it's different, and I like new things when they're put in the movie. Different does not mean good. But I'm saying this. It was obviously was not cool enough and for me some to of even sh- remember what it looked like. So, some of the ships that I've seen in like the making of featurettes, how did those not become? They look so awesome. So the ideas they threw out to choose the ship was shit. Slave one's better. <laughs> Slave one is better. <laughs> we agree. Okay, here we go. The stormtroopers capture Han, Chewbacca, and Finn. Ray tries to use the blaster given to her by Han Solo, but inexperienced and frightened, she fumbles with the safety, <laughs> which I didn't know there were safeties on these guns anymore. That's awesome. Yeah. And fires wild shots, giving away her position. Overwhelmed, she runs deeper into the forest. BB-8 follows, and she tells him to go further on while she tries to fight off their pursuers. Kylo Ren tracks down Rey in the woods. He chases her through the forest, easily fending off her desperate attempts to fire on him with the blaster. She backs away, but he stops her using the force to hold her still. still that's, that's cool, That's awesome. Too. Then he puts his lightsaber at her face. Yep. Like, and it's like crackling, so she's <laughs> got to feel it. Yeah. That uh, was a really cool shot, by the way. When it goes to her head? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, they've never gotten that. They've never gotten the camera that close to a lightsaber to where you can just kind of see the... The glow of it on yes. their face? No. no, not until this movie. Uh, no, uh, Anakin and uh, Count Dooku are only lit by their lightsabers in Attack of the Clones. True. Yeah, when they're in the dark yeah. area. So they are very close, yeah. Uh, Raid... Raid... Kylo Ren... I did that, okay. She backs away, but he stops her using the Force to hold her still. Ren uses the Force to read her mind and discovers that she has seen the map to Luke Skywalker's location. He decides he no longer needs BB-8, so he knocks her out and carries her off in a ship as Finn watches. He carries her very gingerly, almost lovingly. Almost lovingly? You think he's got a thing for her? Or they're related? I don't know. So we're going with the twin thing again? I don't know. Loving, we don't know! Loving incest twins? That I didn't say that, so way to make it incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> well. And the creepy smile he has on his face for listeners is just even more weird. <laughs> You son of a bitch! (laughs) (laughs) The Resistance X-Wing fighters arrive, finishing off the last troops. Coolest scene in the movie. I've I've said a lot of scenes are pretty awesome, but when you see... The sunlight and all the storm or all the uh, first order troopers are freaking the hell out, and you see them come across the water. That's just it. Even thinking about it, I'm getting goosebumps. That thing, that scene gives me goosebumps every time. <clears throat> um, yeah, they come out. A troop ship lands carrying General Leia Organa and C3PO. <laughs> C3PO, the ultimate cock block. <laughs> oh, you skipped over the whole fight. Like the 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 boatcaster blowing people. Up. Oh no! Wait, you did. Never mind. You yeah. talked about it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Would you like to talk more about it? No, it's okay. You want to talk about Han's shooting ability without even looking? 
Which is awesome. Where'd that come from? <laughs> We've never seen him do something like that. It doesn't matter. It's cool. I said it's amazing. Thanks for interrupting. What the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> Who the fuck? What? Uh, <laughs> it is revealed that Kylo Ren is actually their son. The heroes. We knew it was we knew it was Han Solo's son. We didn't know it was also Leia's. All right. Fair enough. Touche. Okay. Touche. Uh, the heroes return to the Resistance base where Finn is reunited with Poe Dameron, who was not killed by the crash on Jakku. Dun, dun, dun. Which, by the because way, he was so popular with the director. Now, did you listen to the director's commentary? No, I didn't. Because there's a scene where Abrams is talking about John Boyega and how he used to laugh constantly whenever Boyega would say Jakku because he says, Jakku! <laughs> <laughs> you want to go back to Jakku? <laughs> Every time he says it, he Why says, everybody want to go back to Jakku? <laughs> the here, okay. They're reunited. BB-8 is reunited with R2-D2 and C-3PO, but R2-D2 has been shut down since Luke left many years ago. I know that you are an R2 fan. I am. And this probably hurt a little bit to see he's not going to have much of a role in this film. It hurt to see that he was covered up by a tarp. Yeah, they just threw a blanket over him. Tarp over R2. (laughs) Just like, bastards. Just cover him up. (laughs) Bastards. You know what's funny is I didn't notice this until the second or third or 400th watching. And that is, he has rust all around him. Uh, I didn't notice that either. Check it out. He's got rust, like brown rust around his shell. Around his dome. I'll have to look at that. Um, Also, this is my biggest problem with the movie, is R2 being shut down. And being being that close to BB-8, who has the plans. Yeah, and then not realize it. Yeah, that's weird. And not realize it. That, That... irritates me a little bit and it's why i knocked it down grade wise to what i have it at now yeah because that is a pivotal that's the whole point of this movie getting the map back to the original map yeah you just did it why are we doing the rest of this movie now yeah that's so, true you know and, and that may be nitpicky to some but at the same time it is a plot point that needs addressing yep um the resistance fighters bang, begin to plan an attack on the Starkiller base to avoid being wiped out. Because I don't want to die either. I don't want to die. Finn wants to rescue Ray and claims he once worked at Starkiller base, not saying what he did. Nope. <laughs> knows how to knock out the shields. Han and Leia say their goodbyes as the X-Wings led by Poe Dameron prepare to attack a weak point on the base. As they part, Leia asks Han to bring their son home if he sees them. Now, we'll start with when they're talking about this massive planet, Starkiller base. They try to differentiate it by saying, look, this is the size of the Death Star. This is Starkiller Base. It's a different animal. It's the same animal. It's the same animal, yeah. I was going to say that's splitting hairs. It is. People have a a gripe about this being a third Death Star. I completely agree it is a third Death Star. I feel like that is where the biggest failing of this movie is they recycled that plot. There had to be another way. I liked the fact that they brought all the old characters back, but the fact that they had to blow up a third Death Star... That bugs me. That is my biggest gripe about this movie. And I will say the same thing that I've said to a lot of people who voiced that opinion to me, which is, what else would you have? I don't know. And that's the thing. There's nowhere else to go. Because remember, when, I, when, no, Lucas hold this, when, hold, when Lucas set this whole thing up, the Death Star was supposed to be in Return of the Jedi. It was supposed to be the final thing. Here's my point. When I say I don't know what else they could do, I don't have my hand on all of their storybook ideas. Okay. My point is, how was there not another idea either given by Lucas or some of the other writers in that room? How was there an idea that was worse than Third Death Star? 
I, I'm not that creative, so I'm not going to sit here and say I'm pointing out a problem where I know how to fix it because I'm not that smart. But Disney has some of the best writers in the world, mm -hmm. and they have access to all of Lucas's old notes. You mean to tell me that the only idea for the big bad ever was a giant Death Star? There's no other big bad? Like, that's where I'm like, there had to be something else. But I'm thinking to myself, okay, the first, the Death Star blew up a planet. One planet This one blew up five. This blew up the whole systems. I, I get that. And in doing so, it also destroys stars around it. So it's taking out two galaxies at the same time. I get that. It's pretty badass. That being said, you're right. It is just a planet killer. But what's... And, we have been thinking about these things for a long time. 30 years we've been thinking about these things. There, I mean, what else can you destroy that's bigger than that? I don't know. But and maybe that's exactly it. They may have popped their cherry too soon. Well, that's, that's a valid point. And so if you're just, I mean, if you're going to say, okay, well, we're done with that, then you know what? Just worry about the force stuff then because that's unresolved. Yeah. Quit making this about governments and and policies and all this stuff and make it about the Force. I, I think Episodes 8 and 9 should only be about the Force. That being said, Starkiller Pace doesn't bother me. Where do they get all the supplies to make these? <laughs> Read Tarkin. Yeah. Read the book Tarkin. Okay. There you go. They take them. I mean, the short answer is they take them. They take over worlds and they take them. Read the book Tarkin, read the book Ahsoka, and it explains very much how the Empire is able to get a hold of things so quickly. And, and Catalyst, okay. which is now officially my favorite book. I, I, it's, I'm getting it for Christmas. Okay, so. you'll love it. So, you will totally, especially after Rogue One, you will love it. Yeah. Um, okay, so on Starkiller Base. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. <clears throat> we get to Han and Leia, bring my son home. And that, that embrace is a great. I know a lot of people gave beef for Carrie Fisher looking the way she did. You know what? Anybody that makes fun of how my grandmother she looks, looks great or my age. mother looks, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pop you one in the face. Yeah. She's not supposed to be in a slave bikini. She's supposed to look like a mother. Carrie Fisher is a, uh, an American treasure. We don't, yeah. we, we don't say anything bad about her. She gives so, us great stories. So those, those body shamers out there, go fuck yourself. And I'm still and not waiting. in a nice way. I wish I could come up with some Carrie, story, Carrie Fisher stories for this movie, but they haven't been released yet. No, I was going to say, we need to wait until the autobiography <laughs> comes out. I bet those are amazing. The only one I can think of is that on her first day, she was so nervous, she thought she was going to get fired because she acted so poorly. I, yeah, that was in the commentary. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so on Starkiller Base, Ray wakes to find herself locked in an interrogation chair like the one we have seen earlier in Poe's interrogation scene. Up, I see you not make shaking your head a little bit. This here. is a, this is another this this whole scene where she discovers the force that's needed. The dialogue is just cheesy. Oh, I love the dialogue. Oh. I, I love it because it alludes will, so you, much in the future. You will remove the restraints. Oh, we're not there yet. And then you no, I know, but that's where like I'm thinking of, and and you will drop your blaster like. If you were trying to be funny like let's, that, that didn't work. Let's get to that point. Oh, okay. I thought it was clever. Kylo Ren and she converse. They have a great conversation together. They do. You know, and that's and he slams his helmet down on the ashes of his victims. Oh, it's so nice. Did you know that? No. When he slams the helmet down, like all that dust, those are the ashes of people that he's interrogated before. Oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Kylo Ren and she converse, and he removes his mask, revealing his face to her. He is a young and handsome man. That nobody thought would be underneath there. 
Oop. Uh, Ren uses the Force to read Ray's mind. He senses her lonely life on Jakku, her dreams of a faraway island. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder Why? who could be on that island. Kylo? Luke. That's the island she dreams about. Whoa. Did you just have an aha moment? I did. <laughs> so, yeah. She's been seeing... Oh, that's cool. She's been seeing it all along. I did not connect those dots. And the closeness she feels towards Han Solo. So then he saw where Luke was. Kylo Ren saw where Luke was and didn't know it. Didn't know it. Ooh, the dark side clouds things, methinks. <laughs> I love when you use the word methinks. <laughs> she reacts with hostility, but seems unable to keep him from reading her thoughts. No, she seems able to keep him. Yeah, she does. So that wasn't uh, that was said. incorrect. Yeah. I wrote that wrong. Well, go. IMDb wrote it wrong. That's the storyline I, I want to see played out. Why does she have such control over these things where even Luke, after training from Yoda, still wasn't well, fluent in this? And that's something I think will be explained in the next two movies. I hope so. Because and, well, like we said, the Force shit is not resolved. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. But at the same time, we don't know what their plans are for the Force. We know that she's strong. Kylo Ren calls her out and says, she's stronger than she knows. Yeah. You know, and Snoke's like not having. He's like, well, okay, then you bring her before me and I'll get rid of your ass. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, I, I like the interrogation scene because she doesn't know at first she's fighting back, but then she's, you get that, you see the confidence in her Sorry, face grow. I, I, I did misspeak. I love the interrogation scene. I hate the scene after where she escapes. Okay. That's the scene I hate. I apologize. Um, she is just starting to get, you know, get familiar with. The fact that she does have a little bit of ability here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Maz Kanata's words are ringing in her voice. Yes. The light was always there. And she says, one of the greatest lines in the movie, you're afraid you will never be as powerful as Darth Vader. And he stops and he is shaken like, oh, yep. shit. It just got real. <laughs> <laughs> um. When he tries to extract the information about the map from her mind, however, he runs up against an unexpected barrier. Ray is not only able to resist his further probing, but pushes back into Ray's or Ren's mind and tells him that he is afraid that he will never be as strong as Darth Vader. Ren is shaken by this and by her obvious strength with the Force, and he runs away to meet with Stoke in search of guidance on how to proceed. I'm going to go get my mommy. What do we do? <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> we captured the wrong bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Should have grabbed Finn. Finn had the same map in his head, right? Yeah, that's true. Hell, Han Solo did. Kylo Ren and General Hux are scolded for not retrieving the droid <laughs> and Ren's inability to crack Ray's mind by the Supreme Leader, who is only revealed as a massive hologram of an old and scarred man seated on a throne towering over them. When I first saw him, I did think he was going to be like 25 feet tall. <laughs> Patrick made the comment, I will laugh hilariously if Snoke turns out to be as tall as Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now we know he isn't. Yeah. Because yeah. he's going to be seven, seven eight, eight feet, feet tall. tall. Yeah. But that was the thing. If he had been as small as Yoda, I would have been pissed, just like I was at the beginning of Star Trek Beyond, when you saw all those gigantic creatures at the beginning, and they tried to beat little tiny ones for funny. It <laughs> wasn't fucking funny. I was, forgot about that. It was funny. Oh, God. It was so dumb. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> The look on JC's face as I said that as it lit up was like a Christmas tree. I did. I forgot about that. That was awesome. Um, 
I like, it was hilarious because you had like giant Chris Pine and all these tiny little dog things running around. Are we to believe that Snoke was once human? Humanoid. Okay. We don't know human, but humanoid. Because he looks like the most human of any alien race we've seen. Which led to a lot of people theorizing, though, oh, maybe Snoke is Mace Windu. Oh, Snoke is... Uh, I got the same be, scar as Darth Vader. He, I think it'd be awesome if he was Mace Windu. I don't think it makes sense, but I think it would be awesome. No, he's still, he, has two arms. <laughs> he has two arms. <laughs> Mace didn't have two arms. Begin preparations. <laughs> <laughs> is he the Thanos of this universe now? Yes. Sits in a chair, doesn't do anything. Yes. That's what I just assumed he was. Thanos. <laughs> yes, it's a Marvel Star Wars crossover. We told Might you. Well. Hey, we had Star Wars in the Lego movie. Ray now understands that she has some force talent and uses the mind trick power to escape from the stormtrooper guarding her cell. She <sighs> sneaks through the Stark. Bad okay. okay. Bad That's... 007. Bad. Okay. Yes, <laughs> it was Daniel Craig underneath that armor. Um, no, it's just, it's it's cheesy. It is cheesy, but I can't think of a way to get her out of that. I don't it's either. for the kids. Just, uh, maybe if it is for the kids, okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you would have just given her different dialogue, or why didn't she just say, like, he will remove these restraints and lead me to a ship, and I'll fly out. I'll, like, I know they can't do that because of all the other stories. She needs to be there to see Han be killed. They need all of that. I yeah. get that. So then change the dialogue for how she leaves. Unless it's answered in the next two movies. Because Maybe. And here's, yeah. why, here's why. And I'm not making excuses because I don't know what happens in the next two movies. Nobody knows. No. But what if it is revealed that this is rather effortless for her? We can agree. She looks effortless yeah. doing this. Because she's maybe more powerful than anybody. Maybe. We don't know. Maybe it's revealed. If not, they have some splaining to do, Lucy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like this because it shows that she doesn't have full control over it because it takes her three times. And so you want. Yeah. It makes <laughs> no, you I like that. It's literally the I words. will tighten your restraints. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. All right, then but she can the, do it without the, looking at him while he's standing behind her. That's yeah. another thing. Know. And I think that's why she didn't try to do more. And, of course, talking like any of this even matters or went through their heads. But indirectly, what it says is maybe she didn't. She failed the first two times. Yeah. And so she didn't want to see what else she could get away with for fear that, like, start small, drop the gun, and then she'll go from there. Well, she does pause before the time works. Right. And it's a lot like the pause she has with Kylo Ren when they're fighting, and she closes her eyes and lets the force in. Yeah, he said that one's longer. This is a shorter one, smaller, little talent to deal with. That's a little bit of a bigger one. She sneaks through the Star Killer base to the hangar to escape. Meanwhile, Han and Chewie come out of hyperspace on the planet in order to evade the shields and crash land at the snowy forest. Because we've seen him take off from light speed. Now we're seeing him land at light speed, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. It is really cool. I love seeing it skid across the snow. Yep. <laughs> um, and then they get out and. Finn tries to tell them, listen, realistically, I was a garbage guy. I was in sanitation. I'm just here for a... Yeah. And <laughs> the exchange that they have, Han and Finn, I could, watch are, the, I could watch a movie of just those two. There are people counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. That's not how the Force works. <laughs> we'll, oh, oh we'll, you're we'll cold? Use the force. Oh, you're cold, are you? <laughs> we'll, we'll use the Force. <laughs> That's not how the Force works. I think this has better Han quotes than Empire. It has better Han quotes than any movie. It has better Han quotes. Yeah. (coughs) Star Wars needs Han. Yep. Except Um, he's dead. Well, let's keep in mind. (laughs) We also got a lot of great quotes 
like kind of a passing the torch from Poe. I think Poe is a great new. I do like Poe a lot. I think. I think. Who you, talks first? You, you, talk, you, first? you talk, first? talk first. I talk first. You talk it's first. hard to understand with that apparatus you've got going. <laughs> so on great. There. So funny. Uh, she sneaks through the Starkiller base to the hangar to escape. Meanwhile, Han and she, oh, I just did that. Uh, they capture Captain Phasma and force her to lower the shields. I think this is the most screen time Phasma has in the whole movie. Yeah, I also feel like they got her to put the shields down pretty easily. Yeah, they did. I'm in charge, Phasma. I'm in charge now. <laughs> Slow your roll there, big deal. <laughs> I was going to say, calm down there, big deal. <laughs> they don't back down. They're like, back down. Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, so they, Finn and Han, Chewie, <sighs> Finn, Han, and Chewbacca head off to find Ray, but quickly discover that she has freed herself when they spot her scaling a wall of the base. And they have another great exchange of Han going, kind of nod his head up, like, check that out. What, what are you doing? What, I don't understand what, what you're doing. What are you doing what with is, your what, neck what, thing there? It. I'm trying to talk to you. <laughs> They rush to meet her. She is surprised that they would have come back for her because she has no family that's ever come back for her. Dun, dun, dun. And embraces Finn when she learns from Chewbacca that it was Finn's idea that they come to the base to save her. Um, I love this scene because it lends itself to Ray leaving the past behind at this point. Yep. She now feels like she belongs to something. Yeah. Yep. Um, and also, you get a sense for a sec- I at least got a sense for a second that... Could they be into each other? Yeah. Could be. Because Han's like, leave now, hug later. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, but then he gives her, she gives him a little kiss on the forehead, and that's like friend zone right there. You're done. Yep. Um, two, uh, Poe and the X-Wing fighters arrive and begin to land torpedoes on the weak point, but it is not enough. Han and Chewbacca improvise a plan to plant explosives to blow it up instead. They split up to lay explosives in separate locations. Kylo Ren finds that Rey has escaped and is very angry and scares two stormtroopers walking down the hallway at the time. He beats the shit out of that little, like, he pull, he walks in, starts pacing, whips out his saber, and just beats the hell out of the chair, I think. Yep. Cuts it to pieces. Now, I don't know if I like the stormtrooper thing where they walk around the corner. Oh, I love it. And love turn it. Around. I love it. I liked it for its humor. I didn't like it because it just didn't feel like a Star Warsy thing. See, it felt very Star Warsy to me. Okay. What what cheapens it is the SNL skip. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. But no, here's what I mean. Yeah. Once I I also thought the SNL skit was amazing. I'm not so don't okay. miss. What I'm saying is when you see the SNL skit and then you go back and see the scene in Star Wars, <laughs> that's what makes it feel not Star Wars. Okay. I hear you. I it's hear because you. you've seen the SNL skit, and so you now think that that has place in the SNL skit. Problem is, is they did it in the movie first. I'm not saying I saw the SNL skit first. I thought it was cheesy when I first saw it. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't think it was cheesy until afterwards. Now, okay. I thought it was awesome, and now I'm like, oh, it just makes me think of the SNL skit. He searches <laughs> the base for Ray. He stalks off onto a catwalk where Han spots him. By the way, most dangerous catwalk ever. He why? he go, he go, No, nah, he goes out there on, pur- on purpose. No, I know. But I'm saying, like, why would you not even put a rail out there? I know. Oh, I don't know. Like, there's not even a harness to where you can, like, <laughs> click your belt in and... <laughs> Throw it up top and walk. Clearly, construction workers were not consulted in the making of Apparently this movie. not. <laughs> they took that day off. <laughs> they took the metal from the uh, rails that would lead out there and covered up those holes on the, the ones outside. That, yeah. the, the ones that quit making four, Thor 3, they were, they were not consulted <laughs> for making this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a horrible joke. 
But it's also one that nobody gets unless they listen to our podcast. <laughs> he approaches it. Well, then they'll get it because they're listening to our podcast. That's true. Yeah. He approaches him on the catwalk, calling him Ben. Ben! ben! Great so way great. He asks his son to return with him, and Ren offers his lightsaber, but then activates it and kills his father, pushing him off into the abyss. Too soon. Sorry. God damn. This scene is perfect. Like, I, I don't yeah. even need to discuss it. Like, watch it. It is perfect. There's a couple of editing issues with it, but that's no, about it. It's perfect. In, in my humble opinion, it's perfect. I don't think they could have done anything else. The way Chewie reacts, the way everybody, it's perfect. Yeah. Again, the, the only, the only, I think the only problem with this scene is that the lightsaber is this way, pointed one way, and then when it's turned on, it's pointed the other way. We that's it. We don't know that he didn't turn. It, like, it I feel was like, like he this. was. It was like to his side, and we don't know that in the shot from going at the lightsaber to him moving up, he could have turned his hand. The problem is that if he did, then Han Solo's arms cross, and you don't see that because he's holding on to the lightsaber also. No. Yeah. Could be, uh, he was holding on to it with one hand. He had both hands out. No. Kylo did. Kylo was holding both sides. He was holding up here by the cross guard and down below. Han had his hand in the middle. So... Kylo was the one that could have turned his hands like this, which you still wouldn't have seen his arms move, and Han could have left his hand the entire like the same place the whole time. Okay. Um, Chewbacca, Chewbacca having, having watched the entire conversation, growls like a motherfucker, <sighs> fires on Ren, hitting him in the side, and then detonates the explosive. You don't piss off a Wookiee. Here's the other <laughs> thing, and, and there's a couple other people that have pointed this out, so I need to make this aware. Everybody's always like, oh, well, Kylo had to be sure. He was shot with a bowcaster. Yeah. We have seen that bowcaster blow people up, throw them in the air, send them across rooms. Kylo Ren took that shot and just knelt down on a knee. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me Kylo Ren is not badass. He just took a bolt caster bolt to the chest, and he's fine. Well, he's not doing well, but he's but, better than most. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this leads to our fight later on when people go, well, how can she or he fight him so well? He's he he's got a bowcaster blast through his stomach. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Kylo Ren is still pretty badass. Kylo Ren confronts Finn and Rey in the snowy forest. Ren is bleeding from his wound, but ignites his red fiery saber to fight. Rey raises her blaster to fire on Ren, but he throws her against a tree with a force push, and she lies unconscious in the snow. Get over there. Or is he saving her? Because he's secretly a spy, and he needs Ray to get away so that he can continue on his spydom for for Luke. I don't know. <laughs> Finn rushes to her aid and then uses the blue lightsaber to fight Ren. Finn quickly finds himself outmatched. He manages to touch Ren with his saber, but this only en enrages him. Don't say it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't try it. Touch it. I <laughs> Just, just slightly better. I have the high ground. God. God. It would not be a this podcast be without a dick joke in here somewhere. What? We've had like 50,000 this podcast. Is that what y'all have been talking about? <laughs> I was just interested in sausage. Penises? Uh, Ray is penis, 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 vagina, vagina, vagina. Ray is revived by the sound of Finn's screams as he is burned by Ren's saber. Ren easily disarms Finn, tossing the saber off into the snow. He then uses the force to pull the lightsaber to himself, and it hurdles toward him and flies Woo! past his motherfucking face right into Ray's hands, which looks very much like when Luke got it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Out of the snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that was a nice little cool back shot. Great music at this point. You get the twin stun music. She lights that fucker up and takes him on. And obviously isn't the best swords person on the planet. But for somebody that knows how to use a bow staff, is doing pretty good. Exactly. Does a lot of poking with it, right? Yep. Much like the emperor did. The fencing style that we saw the emperor use. <laughs> well, I mean, if he's gonna get kids, he's gotta poke somehow. Could he be a could she be a palpatine? Oh. Uh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Uh, I just figured that was the sound Palpatine made when he orgasmed. <laughs> I am finished. <laughs> <laughs> Grab a towel and get out. <laughs> this episode has gone so many directions. Gosh. There's anyone even listening to this I one left anymore. $200 on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and whose fault is that? Sausage party. <laughs> I didn't tell him to turn on sausage party. What was the first thing you had open when I walked in the door? That was for research. (laughs) That was so that we could talk about the dynamic between McBride and Franco. Uh (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Ray initially fights unsuccessfully and desperately and begins to run from Ren. He pursues her and pins her against the edge of a cliff. Ren offers to teach her the force. You need a teacher. I can show you. But this only ends up reminding her to tap into its power. She closes her eyes for a movie moment of meditation and then attacks Ren with a new vigor and power using anger. Yep. She rapidly gains the upper hand, extinguishing, extinguishes Ren's saber and cuts him on the arm and across the face, just like Anakin Skywalker's scar. Yep. Um, yeah. There is a scene in the book, which is interesting here. And that is when she's got that look on her face when she's when he's knocked down and yeah. she's like like a pit bull ready to strike. In the book, she hears the voice of Palpatine say, "Kill him." Yep. And I wonder if that was something that they took out of post. I think they did, because I would have loved to have seen that. But it also means Palpatine is now canon as a Force ghost or a Force yes. spirit. Yeah. So Which that's pretty powerful. I'd say so. I don't want to mess with a four Sith goat. Goth. <laughs> or is Palpatine Snoke? I wouldn't put it past him. Yep. Yeah, they did remake the Death Star. Let's not come up with a better villain. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Poe Dameron and the X-Wing pilots fly into the Starkiller base t- trench, destroying the rest of the base. Okay, you want to talk about the trench run? Uh, yeah, Patrick uh, said, where is it? I don't know. There's oh, weird. A bombing run through a trench to blow oh, up a planet-destroying yeah. base. That's what he said. And I said, yeah, even J.J. Abrams said this was an homage to the original trilogy. Yep. There it is. I mean, that's what it was meant to be. It wasn't meant to be yeah. an original idea in any way. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, so they do the trench run. Uh, Poe does his own thing, flies through a... Yeah, blows up everything inside there. The planet begins to collapse and explode. A chasm opens up between Ren and Ray. Huh, and I remember convenient. this pissed me off in the movie theater because I'm watching this and we are so focused. And dipshit across from me leans over and goes, Well, isn't that convenient? <laughs> <laughs> JC, thanks for taking me out of the movie. <laughs> 
good to know that I have created history for Joe. Yes. <laughs> Forever, whenever I see that scene now, I just get... Like, you laugh whenever you watch Warcraft now and you get to yeah. the scene. Uh-huh. Now, whenever I see the scene, I'm like... Convenient. <laughs> Dick. Maybe it was the Force. <laughs> the Force maybe say it was convenient. More mm. to say of you. Fortune cookie wisdom. <laughs> uh, Chewbacca arrives in, in the Millennium Falcon to pick up both Finn and Rey. The Falcon and X-Wings escape as the Starkiller base explodes. Back at the Resistance base, Leia and Rey embrace in sadness, standing apart from the celebration of the rest of the Resistance base. Do, were you bothered by the fact that Leia and Chewbacca didn't embrace? No, I hadn't even thought about it, actually. Because Abram says in the comments... And how do we know that they didn't? How do we know they didn't embrace before? No, because when they're getting off the ship, Chewbacca walks right past Leia, and Leia stands there waiting for Rey. Oh. Because Chewie... He's not following Finn's body. He's on his own thing. And he walk, And Abram says, this is the part I wish I would have done differently. I wish I would have had Chewbacca hug her first and then have Ray hug her. That would have been awesome, but I didn't catch it. But even what I like about this is that Abrams is admitting the mistake that he made. Yeah. Lucas would have said, no, no, uh, Wookiees honor death in a different way. And so they have to do. He would have made up something completely different. Abrams says, I goofed up here. That's what this was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so I give him a pass on that one. Way go. to own it. Back <clears throat> at the resistance base, R2-D2 awakens, and, you know, an hour later, and reveals the missing part of the map to Luke's location. Convenient. This time, yes. Or did Luke have a remote, and he magically turned R2-D2 on when he knew Han had been killed, fulfilling the secret need for Kylo Ren to be a double agent and a follower of Snoke. I love how he has... So where do you think JC <laughs> thinks this uh, trilogy's going? <laughs> think he's made up his mind yet? But here's the thing. You can't prove JC wrong yet. That's the bad part. I can't... Ad- devils advocate him right now, which Maybe. irritates the shit out of me because I... I'm 99% sure he's wrong. Maybe JC's the double agent. But, I left some money on the nightstand. Hey, I need to pay for Taco Bell somehow. (laughs) (coughs) Finn is still unconscious, and Ray tells him goodbye while he rests. Ray and Chewbacca leave in the Falcon. Ray taking the pilot seat. (laughs) Something Patrick said does make me chuckle. So the Falcon can be easily traced. Let's send it to the most hunted man in the galaxy. (laughs) I thought that was funny. (laughs) Then he said, I bet episode eight opens with the first order invading the temple. Which I think it does. From from the news that we've gotten from making Star Wars, it does seem like there is a major fight. So, yeah, I think Patrick hit the nail on the head. And I said, I, I, ho- I hope so, too, because that's when we'll see Luke be this all-powerful Jedi that fanboy's been talking about the whole time. And we have a bunch of pictures of the Knights of Red being at uh, Donegal and, or Dingle Peninsula and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I hope it is yeah. that. And the fact that Patrick picked up on it, I thought it was pretty cool. No, I hope, he, I hope he's right. Yeah. I really do. Um, <clears throat> and then we start the walk up a thousand steps. They fly to the planet indicated <laughs> by the map where Ray, Octo. which by the way, they, <laughs> I think the map scene when you show BBA and R2 puts the map up one way, there's a hole. Really? No one's looked in their area to figure to fill out. that out. Yeah. Come the fuck on. Yeah. I thought that too. That's a plot hole. That pissed me off. There's a, there's a big plot hole there. <laughs> Plot hole, 
hole in the... A hole of a plot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Was Joel's, like, looking at me like, wait, what? Huh? I'm trying to put it together. I did, have have I we just put you to sleep? It. Are you just done? Like you've 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 checked out. We no, realize <laughs> Joel's threshold is two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the movie that I've seen three times <laughs> that you all have seen three hundred times. <laughs> and so when you say this stuff, I'm just you're like, oh yeah, I didn't notice that. Wait, wait till we do newsies. Didn't notice that either. Wait till we do rush hour two. Actually, then, <laughs> then I'll be in control. We will no, we will all be on even ground next week when we do Rogue One. True. We will. We, we will. will. I'll, I'll see it only one time. But you all still have more background knowledge. Well, you could. Um, read... anybody, if anybody here has the background knowledge for that movie, it'll be me because I read Catalyst, hmm. and that's it. Because so... we needed to have Joe have bigger balls. <laughs> <laughs> so we admit I have the biggest ones here. Well, we, they are salty. We will agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Ray carefully climbs a rocky island. When she reaches the top, she finds an old cloaked and bearded Jedi with a metal hand. It's Gandalf the White. Yes. No, it oh. is Luke Skywalker. Oh, still good. Ray wordlessly offers him the lightsaber. And we get a helicopter shot that we've never seen in a Star Wars movie before. No. <laughs> I do like that. <coughs> I do too. Though. So Patrick said, Luke's face at the end. I see the feeling of anguish. What do you guys see? He's asking us. I see. I see recognition. I see, oh, fuck. Like, I, I don't know if it's anguish, but I just see the, the way he tilts his head back and then he leans back and it's like, oh. like, I feel like if they were to continue, that's the sound you would hear next. It's him just going, crap. They found me. Yeah, that type of thing. Yeah, like, I'm, I, I see, like, the exhaustion. Run for it, Marty! The exhaustion. <laughs> Mix of uh, exhaustion, kind of when... Danny Glover at the end of every movie. I'm too getting too old for this shit. Uh, I'm too old for this. <laughs> or the, you found me long yeah. enough, huh? I don't... I, I, I anguish is a good word for it, but I've just sort of always seen it as, fuck. And I'm, I'm not going to interpret this because now that we know the next movie starts up at this point immediately, the answer we'll, will be there. Yeah, we'll see what, what's at the end. The, yeah. the thing is, Mark Hamill, although he worked for a day, it seems like, on this, uh, his face tells you 800 different emotions. Which is probably exactly what he was told to do. Yes. Yeah. Give me blank. <coughs> Good. Put it in the can. Let's get off this island. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking raining again. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid Ireland. Uh, and that's the end of the movie. That's it. Yeah, that's where it leaves. A nice cliffhanger. I love it. Uh, you watch this movie. What do you think after watching it, JC? I'm just happy. I'm so happy. When that music kicks, kicks in at the end, my endorphins are through the roof. Even the 12th time. All right. Joel? Ray is bad with two Ds. I like Ray a lot. I think she's a good character. I I think she steals the show. Yeah. I, this is Han's movie more than Ray's, but I think I think she steals it at the end. But it was Han's movie throughout most, but she steals it. And you realize this is going to be Ray's trilogy. Yeah. At the end. And I I think that this movie reminds me a lot like Empire, which is every character is equally important in this. And they all have a storyline that we need to follow. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we could say it's Hans' movie. You could, you could argue for it's Ray's movie. You could argue that it's Finn's movie. You can't really argue it's Poe's because he's barely in it. 
I don't know if you can argue it's Finn's movie. You can argue. Here's where I, you can argue it's Finn's movie. He's the first character you see not named Poe or, or, or Lorsen Tekka. Exactly. So it's and it's his journey from being a stormtrooper to being a resistance fighter. So you, I mean, that, I'm just saying. That's All a, right, that's and a yeah, perspective. and they wouldn't connect. Like, how does? Uh, well, he still gets the BB-8. Yeah, I don't know. You know, so those three, I think, are indisposable. You can't have those movies without Harrison Ford. You can't have it without Daisy Ridley, and you can't have it without John Boyega. You need those three, or this movie is not happening. No, yeah. I agree. Yeah, uh, I loved every character in this movie. Pat Patrick had this to say, or wait, did you have more to say? Well, after you all? had something else about uh, Kylo. No, I <coughs> say it. <laughs> Said Kylo Ren reminds me of uh, Jake Lloyd and Jingle All the Way, just <laughs> whiny and one sided <laughs> and just. Bah. Dad, man. I saw Kylo in completely different lights. I was going to say, I loved Kylo Ren. I, I thought he was badass. I don't know. I mean, I thought he was. I, saw I thought he was powerful. I just thought he didn't have control of his emotions. And that's what I'm. That's the comparison I'm making. I see him as unhinged. Yeah, he's an. I feel like he's an even less controlled Anakin from the second trilogy. He's, he's very powerful, but he still does not have control over his emotions. And he just wears them on his sleeve. I mean, he destroyed a chair. He destroyed an office. Mm-hmm. Every time something bad happens, he didn't just walk away, but he destroyed whatever was there. Yeah. And especially then he meets Ray and finds out that he is equally matched. Which yeah. I want to go back to JC's theory on him being a double agent. If he is, he's not having those tantrums in his own zone. Yeah. But We're is not he- seeing those moments. <clears throat> Is he? Or is he having tantrums because he knows he needs to show the dark side, but he needs to hide the light side in order to show the dark side, and he's struggling to do it? Okay, but here's the problem. Or she's getting in the way of his process. Being able to hide it, yeah. Yeah. She's force cock-blocking him. She's force (laughs) cock-blocking (laughs) him. You got something you want to say? So Patrick had this to say. I feel like my problem with Force Awakens is the same as Joe's problem with Return of the Jedi. Half of the movie was unnecessary. They casted a new pilot, a new untrained force user, a new droid, a new really old alien. They operated on a desert world and in a forest, but brought back the old pilot, the old droids, and the old force user. All that was missing was a swamp. The only difference with my problem is that after 30 years, Lucas shouldn't have needed to reuse old story mechanics to make this movie and get the nostalgic cash grabs. Instead, he should have had the balls to focus on Ray, Finn, and Ren and telling a new story instead of going back and telling a new hope all over again. I enjoy this movie when I watch it as much as I enjoy any movie in this series. I just, I was just let down by the lack of inspiration, the rehashing of the characters of the original trilogy feel shoehorned into this one, except Leia, her role makes sense. And it leaves me wishing they had thought brought the old characters back as cameos instead of trying to force a synergy between them. <clears throat> The old cast and the new. As I said after I left the movie theater, isn't there more to do in the Star Wars universe than sneak a Wookiee into an evil planet-destroying base and blowing it up? I, I can't follow Patrick on that. I feel like you don't have Star Wars without the Skywalkers. And, of, and if you're going to have Luke, you need to have Han and Leia. And they told, yeah. Of I'm, the original three, though, the most indispensable was Leia. Or the, most, the one you could get rid of was Leia. Yeah. He says that's the one that makes sense. You need to have, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I can, and I need to have a, a talk with him about this, which I'm sure we will, well, I'm sure. And but, I want to clarify my comments about Return of the Jedi, and yeah. that is that my thoughts on it were that if you took Return of the Jedi and you literally just timed out from start point until they leave Tatooine, 
and you cut that. You don't cut little pieces here and there. You cut yeah. that whole chunk, it can still work. His issues with this are, are little things all the way through. You can't cut all those little things. So, and, and that's my thing. I, it, if he wanted a movie solely on Ray, Finn, and Ren, you, it's your point. This would be a, a spinoff movie. This wouldn't be one of the episodes. And that harkens back to my point. The episodes need to always be about a Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I think if you stop having them be about a Skywalker, then is it still Star Wars? Yeah. And then that gets into that brings up an even muddier issue, which maybe that is what Patrick is getting into. Is Star Wars something different to everybody else? If Star Wars is just this big universe, then all of these things are tied to together, whereas maybe I am admitting my own narrow-mindedness in that I see Star Wars as primarily the Skywalker saga. It's the Skywalker story. I'm going to venture a guess here that Patrick, and if I'm wrong about this, Patrick, you call me out on an email, please. I'm going to venture a guess that you were a big fan of all the non-canon literature that happened, and when it became non-canon, you were pissed. He's never brought it up, so I don't know if he did read any of the non-canon. I really don't only know. Be- only because all of those wonderful stories that happened, the heir to the empires, uh, even the tales from the, the cantina, remember those books? Yeah, I do. They were fantastic, but they were all spinoffs that introduced brand new characters. Yeah. He's asking for a brand, brand new, new character movie because yep. he doesn't want to see cameos. He doesn't want to see all the stuff, but that's a spinoff movie. Then. You're right. It's a spinoff, and it's not Star Wars episode it's star it, wars it's a star it, wars story that's so not a, he'll really enjoy rogue one that he may enjoy rogue one because it's all new but to be fair which is what i'm excited for. but but to also be fair that's also not star wars to us because we are the ones that have decided to define star wars as the skywalker saga well going back to what you said earlier in a 1995 interview with george lucas it's with him that said this is the story of the skywalkers and that's but i'm saying like my opinion is to follow lucas that's mm-hmm. my opinion and i can't Kennedy, tell- when she affirmed that mark hamill was in it she said this is a skywalker story so then luke was the most powerful force user skywalker could mean anybody in that lineage i'm just saying luke was luke was the most powerful one Allegedly. I, I'm done arguing it because I've already made my point. You can listen to JC and be wrong. You can listen to me and be right. Um, Classic. So, JC, who is the audience for this movie? Uh, everybody. Oh, by the way, also, one more thing. Lucas had nothing to do with this movie. Oh, that's you did what? Yeah, yeah. this was all. This was things. Kathleen Kennedy and Abrams yeah. and Kasdan. Kasdan specifically, Mr. Empire Strikes Back that everybody loves. <coughs> he was involved in this movie. Yep. Okay, now. Who's the audience? It's for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Everybody. Everybody. Done. Drop the mic. Yeah, I think all Star Wars movies are for everybody. This one specifically, I think, goes, fits better with. I'm not saying it's for them, but I think it fits better with the young fans. Star Wars is for everyone, but this is the beginning of a new Star Wars era. And so let the kids have this one, just like I had Phantom Menace, just like you all had Return of the Jedi in that Mm -hmm. original trilogy. Yeah. The... um, it also this generation has Force Awakens. It yes. also brought in a lot of, of new people. new people because of the witty banter. It wasn't so sci fantasy. Look at my wife. My wife did not enjoy the original movies. She loves Force Awakens. Yeah. She genuinely loves it. And I'm going to venture a guess here that a lot of those people didn't go just because the main character is a female. They went because it's a great dialogue story that yeah. that works today. Lucas couldn't write dialogue. I was going to say, because George Lucas didn't write the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people were saying, well, we got all the women out there because of Daisy Ridley. It, no. 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 It wasn't that. It was, I mean, 
we had a little girl in our classes last year, uh, Lil L. Yeah. Yeah, who didn't know anything about Star Wars. She saw this movie, and she was like, I love Star Wars. I love Han Solo. And I was like, yeah. what about Daisy? She goes, or what about Ray? She goes, yeah, she's okay. I'm like, yeah. It's not about that. And I'm glad that this movie kind of transcended that for a second. I was like, you know, it's not about having a female in the lead all the time. Yeah. Sometimes the story just works. It's just a really well done movie. Yeah. yeah. The, it was it was serious when it needed to be serious, but it was also lighthearted enough to where it, I think it had just attracted more people. Mm-hmm. Just like Return of the Jedi did with a lot of people. It wasn't as dark. It was more fun. With the stormtroopers backtracking, BB-8 doing the thumbs up lighter, and the dialogue with James Bond, and I'll drop my <laughs> weapon. There were funny things, and those funny things did not make the movie a comedy, but they were added in an appropriate way for most. Yeah. Overall, it it didn't ruin any of the scenes. No. Did some of the things have to be there? No. But I felt like it was just the appropriate amount of, not necessarily comic relief, but it they had enough to keep you lighthearted to where you weren't just, I don't know what I'm, no, you're right. It, it 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 didn't take itself too seriously all the time. Right. Um, report card. JC? A minus. Joel? Say B, B plus. Yeah. I'm giving it an A minus. Yeah. And the only reason I, I had it as an A, it was my <coughs> only A in the Star Wars. I have to give it an A minus. I knock it down <coughs> for the plot with R2-D2 at the end. I, I was going to say, there's enough plot holes that I knocked it down. Um, but that being said. And s- some of the dialogue. Yeah. That being said, it's the most relatable <coughs> to audiences today. Yep, that's what I'm um, it is, it does a great job of melding the old and the new. It tells a story that you can see, although gives homages constantly, has new places to go. Yeah. And although many have said, oh, it's just a rehash of A New Hope, it's a rehash of Empire, it's a rehash of Jedi, you know what it is? It's a rehash of everything in Star Wars. Yeah. Because that's the Star Wars galaxy. It stayed true to the laws of Star Wars. So I got to give it what it is. Great job by Abrams and Kennedy. Great job by Kasdan pulling himself out of mothballs to help himself out with this one. And Michael Arndt, who wrote the original screenplay, and then they took some of the ideas he had to use here. So he should get some of the credit there, too. Well, that's all I got time for today, Movie Planeteers. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to pass the word on to your friends about the show. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, or Spotify. And help the show get on its feet with a four- or five-star review. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at MoviePlanetPod and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. Special thanks to Twisterium and Sound J Music for providing our intro music and our ending music. Thanks for listening, and happy movie watching.